Leading Britain's conversation. You're listening to a podcast of The Steve Allen Show from LBC. Morning, everybody. Snowfall. Never thought I'd hear that on the news. Snowfall. Luckily, not for us. But uh, And actually, to be quite honest, if I was up in Scotland and the north of England, I'd quite welcome looking at a, a bit of snow falling down. It's ever so pretty. We haven't had any this year. It's been, uh, been a wee bit disappointing. Anyway, uh, anything less but disappointing on the programme this morning as we uh, trawl our way through the newspapers and try and find some stories to either put a smile on your face or to make you feel a bit better about things. If you're feeling a bit down... We might kind of push you a bit further in that uh, in that department. Uh, we've got some stories which are good. We've got some stories which are not so good. You heard from Colin Parry on the news. He lost his son. Um, and he says he's never going to forgive Martin McGuinness, never going to uh, forgive the IRA for what they did. But he said he did warm to Martin McGuinness. He said he seemed, he said he wasn't sure if he was being entirely truthful in everything he said to him. You know, why did you do this? You know, I don't know. He says, I suspect he probably did know, but he just decided not to say. So the uh, the papers are very much divided. They've got, uh, you know, pic- I always remember that dreadful story, which many of you will remember at the same time, if you're as, uh, as old as I am, of the two, and I think they were off-duty soldiers who wandered into an IRA funeral. Um, I think by mistake. I think by mistake. They wander in. It's being monitored by a police helicopter. This car gets surrounded by uh, mourners at the funeral who drag these people out, two of them, strip them and beat them to death. And it was all captured on uh, on film. It was uh, absolutely dreadful. We all remember Mountbatten. Uh, we remember the, the bombs that went off. We remember Hyde Park bombings. We remember all sorts of things. I was I was working at LBC at the, the time and uh, there was never a day goes by. I remember the police in London being very vigilant, putting... Actually, oddly enough, I got stopped in my car. This was a long time ago to see if there was any device in it. And uh, they put... Um, a mirror under the car and a few other bits and pieces. But to be honest with you, it wasn't exactly the most thorough search. Perhaps I just didn't look guilty. But uh, they're, they're divided, the papers. Some people saying he was a murdering coward and uh, the only reason he broke the deal because he knew he'd been beaten. And uh, people who've got pictures of, of uh, maimed and bloodied people and who've been caught up in the atrocities. But uh, we'll wait and see what happens at the funeral. As we reported yesterday with Declan Harvey, the funeral will be very interesting. Will there be an IRA guard there who will fire shots in the air that's what they're hoping not they're hoping not but who knows we'll have to wait and uh, see on that one other stories in the papers today there is um, a restaurant uh, quite a few restaurants this one's run by a master chef uh, winner what's unusual about this one no plates no plates they serve you on your hand so you hold your hand out for me I, mean, I could be throwing the food all over the place but uh, they, they, they put the food on the back of your hand and then you eat it pretentious twaddle, isn't it? Have you ever heard of such garbage in your life? I'm sorry, do you have plates? No, we serve it on the back of your hand. Oh, for God's sake, what lunatics would be going for something like that? Mary Berry has never heard of uh, Noel Fielding. Join the rest of the country, darling. Nobody else has heard of him either. He's the one who'll dress peculiarly for an old man of 43 who's sort of wearing clothes that don't fit. It's a bit like Brooklyn Beckham, only sort of Brooklyn Beckham's a lot younger and should know better. Uh, Noel Fielding just buys odd clothes. Um, new jails to be built. That's good news, isn't it? Stop all these people who they go, uh, they haven't been sent to prison. They've decided not to send them to prison. Uh, what are they? Benefit. I think you could just open up a prison for benefit fraudsters. And uh, we keep them in there until we sort of, we decide we, we're going to let them out again. Because the, uh, the rest of the things, uh, the rest of the time we just leave these people in there. Uh, killed by a souped up Ford Fiesta. This is a couple from 
Essex. And um, it's very interesting. They, I'll, I'll tell you this story a bit later on, but basically, uh, he bought this car, and he's one of these people who obviously wants to soup it up. The sort of cars you see, always driven by those sort of people, and you think, you know, I mean, I've, I've seen them. They used to drive along the embankment in London years and years ago, and they would have lights under the back of the car. They jacked it up, or it went up and down on hydraulics, and steam emerged from it. It was, it was, it was complete prat time. Anyway, this bloke gets a car, and he adapts it. Uh, he's put vents in the bonnet and all the rest of it. You know, as I say, either you can afford a proper car or you can't. So you buy a cheap car and then you start modifying it. Unfortunately, in this one, he modified the catalytic converter, which was the big mistake. Because both him and his girlfriend died in the car as a direct result of the modifications that he'd made to it. You know, you just cannot go round messing up with cars and going, oh, I think I'll do this and put that in there. We'll take out that. We don't need that. There's a reason that these bits are in there. They're in there to sort of make the car sound better, go better, be more environmentally friendly. If you start taking it out, you're dicey. It's like me connecting a hose up to my twin exhaust. I've got twin exhausts at the back of my car. Connecting a hose up and going, oh, they could just have them pointing up in the air or something like that. It's ridiculous. You don't do it. Anyway, they, they both died uh, as a result. Which is uh, which is not great, especially as they were both young. It's a dreadful waste, isn't it? You know, when you get to sort of somebody at the age of 20 and they start screwing about with a car. I mean, surely they've got friends who go, what have you done that for? But they might have been of, uh, of similar minds. Not good. OK, uh, the RTS Awards, Royal Television Society Awards. Anton Deck won again for their Saturday night takeaway. Um, it's an old format. They do it well. Don't get me wrong. I don't have any complaints about the programme. It's uh, they use everybody on ITV. It's a bit sloppy. It's uh, it's okay. We give away loads of prizes, but that's all it is. They can't find enough guests on it, so they've started now resorting to Holly Willoughby and Pip Schofield, who are on television every other blooming day of the week. So then you get them on the Saturday night as well. By which time we're ready to rip our hair out. You know, enough already. Find somebody else. Uh, I don't know if they've used Damon Holmes yet because he's eminently available. And uh, what else have we got? Oh, loads of other people we're getting. Uh, because some of these things you've never, ever heard of. So when I actually tell you who are the winners in the RTS Awards, you'll be going to me, but Steve, who are they? Uh, for example, Best Male Actor. You know this one. It's Robbie Coltrane, uh, National Treasure. The arts went to Grayson Perry, because you always need a bloke in a frock to turn up. I only saw the other day a bit of his art. I'd never seen it before. Um, apparently it's called All Man. Uh, breakthrough was Phoebe Waller-Bridge for Fleabag. Do we, I've no idea what that is. I don't know if Phoebe Waller-Bridge is the name of somebody or it's the name of a programme. I've got no idea. You don't know either, do you? Children's programme, CBeebies, A Midsummer Night's Dream. Is that the same as in the Midnight Garden kind of thing? Where You don't know what that is either, do you? No. Have you ever heard of A Midsummer Night's Dream? No. Shakespeare, whatever, yeah, little little Shakespeare prancing around in a frock and, uh, you know, to be or not to be, lend me your ears, all that kind of stuff. Comedy performance, Asim Chowdhury, People Just Do Nothing. No, not a clue, never heard of him. Daytime programme, Find It, Fix It, Flog It. Now, this one I think I might know. I might know, Find It, Fix It, Flog It. I think what they do is they find something... And then they take it away and they give it to somebody and they say, turn it into something else. And they turn it into something else and they and then they sell it and they make a profit. They give the money back. I think that's how it works. And I think I quite like it. It's sort of marginally more in, intelligent. That's right. Henry Cole and Simon O'Brien. 
And uh, what they do is they find unwanted possessions for their owners, you know, butter churn, slot machines, set of print trays, things like that. And then they turn them into something nice. And uh, it's quite good, actually. It's not a bad programme. Not a bad little... Pro- I can cope with something like that. What did I watch the other day that was... Re- I really didn't like it at all. Oh, it's this Dinner Dates programme. A friend of mine said, have you seen Dinner Dates? I said, I'm not interested in sad people on the television who are sort of going, oh, I can't find a date. So uh, here are four menus. You pick out three. Then you road test these three people who've sort of allegedly cooked this stuff. And then you decide based on that. The reason you're single is you're all unattractive. All right. That's what it comes down to. Mind you, I did laugh the other day. I won't tell you who this person is, but um, a, a clearer case of stupidity. You'd be hard pushed to find. And the reason I mention it is because they, uh, they become quite, quite vitriolic. But unfortunately, because they're not the brightest penny in the box. We were doing a thing the other day. It was a feature in one of the newspapers. I can't remember which one it was. It might have been the Mail. It might have been the Daily Mail. Where they printed loads of pictures of people who were both the same age. That, the, the whole basis of the article was who looked better. You know, and so they had Robert Redford, Brian Blessed. Both, I think, 80. Who looks better? Well, actually, Brian Blessed looked better. And so they had loads of people. So that, that, that was what the article was. Unfortunately, for some poor old soul, they didn't understand anything about it at all. And so they said here, I wonder if you could think about something you said this morning. I could always do that. I'm always up for that. You said Kim Cottrell was doing better than Theresa May. Really? She writes. Really? You know, obviously not understanding anything. And she said, a lovely actress, but Theresa May is running the country. She quite clearly didn't understand anything that was going on at all. And she said, after 30 years of public service, at a crucial time for our country, so to do better is to still be blonde and have work done and still be decorative. Can you see how dumb that sounds? Well, I can see how dumb you sound, because that wasn't the basis of the conversation at all. And I'm sorry you didn't understand it, so I have to explain it to you, that the whole basis of the feature in the mail, I think it was the mail, was all these people and who looked better, not who was doing a better job. That didn't come into it at all. And Kim Cottrell, believe you me, darling, looks a whole lot better than Theresa May. And then she goes on to be uh, rude and offensive. So she's an internet troll. So she's unfortunately gone into the sin bin, and for there you will stay for the rest of your life. Now you've got no friends. <laughs> My favourite life. I also can't bear him who can't listen properly. You know, it had nothing to do with what they were doing. It was to do, it was to do with who looked the better for that age. So that's what it was about. It was nothing to do with somebody running the country. I'm sorry you didn't understand it. I realise that at this time of the morning there are people on medication. There are some people who are coming out of comas. And there are some people probably going into surgery. But, you know, don't waste your time writing if you don't know the facts. And then some other person wrote to me and said, I think you were wrong. Matt from The One Show does have a farm. Get your facts right. I thought nobody likes a clever dick, do they? And that really was a clever dick. Uh, other Royal Television Society Awards. Drama series went to Happy Valley. So I know what Happy Valley is. Uh, Anton Deck, Saturday Night Takeaway, got the entertainment. But they always get it, don't they? Because there isn't anything else. History, the Abavan Young Wives Club. I know about Abavan. Live event was Stand Up to Cancer. Miniseries, National Treasure, The Forge. Presenter, Grace and Perry. Presenter goes to Grace and Perry. Was he just eminently available or something? Uh, Channel of the Year was BBC Three. God, they come up with some garbage, don't they, really? Um, Scripted comedy, People Just Do Nothing. That seemed to get a couple. Sports presenter, commentator or pundit was Ossi Uminiora. Again, not a clue. Uh, Sports programme was the Rio Paralympics Sunset. Best comedy writer, we go Phoebe Waller-Bridge for Fleabag again. We don't know what that is. Uh, Judges Award, Sally Wainwright. Who? 
I've got no idea who these people are. It's a bit worrying, isn't it? Lifetime achievement goes to uh, Julie Walters. And, uh, and that was about it. You haven't heard of anything else, have you? Uh, oh, no. Single drama, Murdered by My Father. Single documentary, The Murder of Sadie Hartley. Soap and continuing drama went to Emmerdale. About time. About time. Consistently good. Judges Award, Sally Wainwright. She must be something to do with Happy Valley. Because they got sort of quite a few awards the other day. So, um, so there you go. That was what the Royal Tale... It's just an opportunity for people to put frocks on and go out there. And that's just Grayson Perry. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. <laughs> Morning, everybody. Nice to have you company. Do you ever get odd dreams? I'm starting to get odd dreams all over the place at the moment. You wake up... I, last night, I had about four different dreams. One of them involved, don't ask me why, bombing London. Not me bombing London, but somebody else bombing London. I was having the oddest dreams. And they've now started involving people I know. And I think that's even worse. Because I then think, when I bump into these people, I wonder if they've been dreaming about me as well. Do you think I've popped into their dream? Because that's what I would like to think on odd occasions. Natalie says, it's my 30th birthday today. Any advice? Yes, make, make a will... Okay, and and get maybe a funeral director's brochure. Start sort of picking out the sort of start saving, start saving now. When you get to thirty, it used to be the turning point, didn't it? Thirty. I don't. I can't remember back to when I was thirty, but I'm sure it was absolutely wonderful. Twenty nine. I hated. Twenty nine. I hated. Thirty. I thought was okay. I thought thirty was okay because I didn't feel I didn't feel too bad. And actually, having seen other people who are my age or very similar, I look better. I don't sound as good as they do because I, although, although the producer said to me this morning in his caring, funny little way, he said, um, he said, you know, when, when your voice does get better, you need to, you need to develop this, uh, this sort of hoarse uh, voice because it actually sounds quite good. And I said, right, you know, because uh, all of a sudden you can uh, take the voice down. And, and I think it's, I think it sounds quite sexy. <laughs> not listening to the programme. I'm not that vain that I go home and listen to myself. But uh, it does sound quite good, doesn't it, really? Even the producer thinks so, and you never get a compliment out of him. Seriously, unless it's on Australia Day, and uh, we get something exciting. So, there you go. So, happy 30th birthday, Natalie. But as I say, make a will. I mean, I I don't mean that in a cruel way. I just think it's good. Phil says, what happens if you order soup in the restaurant? They don't do soup, fool. Good Lord. Would they refuse service to an amputee? Well, you'd have to be a double amputee, wouldn't you? This is the restaurant that serves food, not on plates, but on the back of your hand. Sounds like you're not getting much food. Get my drift? You know, unless they're going to balance a whole pizza on the back of your hand, in which case then you're just going to eat the thing. That's like that restaurant. Didn't they have a, isn't there a restaurant in London where you get served in the dark? You know, and so you sit there, and the whole idea is, because it's dark, it's a different experience of eating food. So you can't see it. I mean, you know, it'd be a bit embarrassing. You get the waiter or the waitress standing near your table and you put your hand out and end up grabbing them by mistake when you're supposed to be sort of waiting for the food to arrive. I don't think I want to... I don't do restaurants like that. I think that's a bit just stupid. You know, a restaurant without any plates in. That is really just... It's not... It's just not very exciting. You know, come up with decent food. I was watching that programme the other day, which is about the Mandarin Oriental Hotel, which is a great shame because the programme's airing and the the whole hotel is covered in scaffolding. So it looks like a complete dog's dinner down there, which is a shame because you'd have thought they'd have tied it in better. Somebody's obviously cocked up big time and uh, they should have put it off, you know, unless it was absolutely essential. They were redecorating some of the rooms there because it's a bit old fashioned and they were selling off all the stuff that was in the rooms. You could get whole rooms for like 1500 quid, all the furniture, the mirrors, bedding, everything, because they were updating the rooms. And, I, you know, I think about people. 
you know, who sort of go out there and sort of, you know, have places, you know, without... Because you don't want to sleep... Because if, if you rent a place, you're sleeping on a bed that all sorts of odd people have slept on before you've actually got there. You don't know how clean or hygienic they are, do you? You just have to sort of accept the fact. So when, when it comes to the programme Four in a Bed, they always strip the sheet off to discover that the mattress is so stained... You know, it wouldn't even bear scrutiny if you put it through the National Health Service. So, uh, so there you go. So I don't know, Phil, whether or not they might say... I think in, in the case of soup in the restaurant, I think what they do is just sort of tip your head back and pour it in. Which I think is quite a nice idea, isn't it? I had that haddock chowder the other day. I do like it. I always think I'm being healthy by eating potatoes in a, in a nice broth with some bits of haddock in it. That's what I... I mean, I think that. It doesn't necessarily work all the time, does it? But we were, we were all talking today about, you know, your first, your first love. It's, it's sort of... It's a topic that sort of cropped up in the, in the office over the past 24 hours. And uh, it's a case of... Do you get to a certain age and then think, I don't think I'm ever going to find love? You know, you know, I did this the other day on the programme and I said, you know, you get to a certain age, you think, do I actually want to settle down with somebody? And then all of a sudden, somebody comes into your life and it all changes... It all changes. All of a sudden, it's like champagne and roses and, you know, you go all goo-goo eyes and all that kind of soppy stuff that when you're, when you're supposedly in love, you're supposed to think of. Because I always found, when I was younger, when I was growing up, and I don't actually believe I've finished growing up yet, when I was growing up, being in love was the worst experience of my entire life. I hated it. Absolutely hated it. Always ended in, in dramas. And, uh, and you ended up being more miserable. You know, people go, oh, isn't it lovely when you're in love? And you go, no, I don't think so. You know, all, all I kept thinking was, I think, oh, God, the rest of my life with one person. I don't think so. You know, that was easier to think like that because, you know, it's I'm, I'm, I'm a fickle person, a bit like everybody else. But but some people find love quite late in life. You find people in old people's homes, you know, at the age of 75, they suddenly have an overwhelming attraction to another ancient old person uh, who looks OK with clothes on. But then by the time they take them off, it's going to need ironing. You know, there's a lot of that going on. So I watched a programme yesterday, which was a great programme on Dame Vera Lynn. Do you know what they've still got? Obviously, her daughter has kept everything to do with her mother. Well, as much as they can keep. All the outfits she wore when she visited the troops in the war. They've got those. Uh, they've got letters from... They've got everything. There was like a museum. But it wasn't. It was just like a, a big box room of all her outfits that she wore over the years. Isn't that amazing? I mean, I've still got clothes that I wore years ago. You know, which will probably go into a museum when I pass on. And they'll be going, oh, Steve Allen wore this on television. Or Steve Allen tried to wear this. Or Steve Allen definitely... Do you know, you, you always keep a pair of jeans, don't you? I've got a pair of jeans in my wardrobe that are size 32-inch waist. You may think this is, this is doable. No. There is no chance of me fitting into 32-inch waist. But I've kept them on the off chance that some nice person somewhere uh, invents a pill or a tablet or a drink that you effectively lose weight overnight. And you go from a size down to a size 32 inch waist. But of course, it would never happen in a million years. It would never happen because when, when you go on a, on a diet, you have to do the exercise to firm up what's gone all flabby. So that's what it is. It's no good losing, you know, losing loads of weight. And then you go, oh, look, all that all that weight has vanished. Where do you think it goes to? It doesn't float off into the air. No, it's still there. It's still there. And so you have to do the exercise. Uh, 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 uh. Like that. It's like doing tennis, isn't it? As they're hurling the ball over the net. I could never do tennis. I couldn't, I couldn't make noises like that. It doesn't, uh, doesn't sound good at all. Martin says, I can't stand restaurants that serve food on wooden boards. Oh, Bill does that. Bill's. 
They do their breakfast on a wooden board. Pretentious? Moi? Oh, it's ridiculous, isn't it? I wouldn't, I wouldn't want that either. I just want it served on a plate. It's not difficult, is it? Just put it on a plate. We went to a restaurant, me and uh, our newsreader, Paul Smith. And, uh, sorry? What do you, yeah, what, what about it? We've been out a couple of times. And uh, he's treated me on Friday as well to a restaurant. I've got to pick the restaurant. And we went to Bill's and there was um, a hare in his soup. Well, that puts me off immediately. And so he went, I can't eat it. Because you think to yourself, somebody in the kitchen is not wearing a hat. You don't have hair in soup. And they've done this four in a bed. The amount of hairs that they find in their food. And the person who owns the place goes, well, nobody else has complained. You go, well, I'm sorry. You know, it's like, I think in one of them, they found hairs on the bed. Those sort of hairs. And hairs in the bathroom and in the shower. And they think, oh, that's just dirty. Just dirty. Phil says, when it's late and you don't have to go to work, at this time of the day, you can hear the bird song. Not round my way. We get out the 12 bore and, you know, <whistles> gone. You know, like a duck shooting range, I think. Uh, Jennifer has got a, a small glass of port and a ferret. Not too sure about that one. That's slightly odd. Port at this time of the morning. Isn't that a sign of alcoholism or something? I mean, should you really be drinking port? It's, I mean, it's not even five o'clock in the morning. Well, at least wait till it gets to quarter two before you have a glass of port. That's the... Uh, I, I like a glass of port, actually. My accountant likes port. And I used to take him a bottle of uh, 40-year-old port for Christmas. That was his Christmas present. But he's moved away now. I mean, he still does my accounts, but he's moved away. And uh, I don't know how I can get port down to him. I'm not sure how port travels. You know, could you, you just send it in the post? When you get these drinks by post, I suppose there must be some way of doing it, mustn't there? Anyway, I bought some more earth yesterday, getting all ready for the, uh, for the patio. This year, only trailing geraniums. Nothing else but trailing geraniums. And I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm very much looking. So I've now got five, six bags of earth. Six bags of earth. My next today, Belindy as well. She's, she's, I should have actually offered to get her bags of earth, which I probably will later. Uh, because she said you have to buy them in smaller bags because you can't lift them otherwise. So she's quite right. So I've done it over a period of a couple of days. But uh, we've done all of that, so that's quite nice. And uh, once all the bulbs have come up and uh, things have moved on, then we shall start getting ready for summer. Well, I hope we're going to start getting rid of summer. I've noticed that uh, up north they've had snow, pictures of sheep coming in, snow drifts, all that kind of stuff. And you think, do you know, who'd want to be a farmer in this day and age? You know, there isn't enough money in it. And you've got to go out there in all sorts of weathers and, and do everything. There was one bloke, he had a little herd of cows. And they'd been born in a barn from their mummies, quite clearly. And it was their first outing. I think it might have been on Country Farm, which I like, actually. I'm, I'm a, bit of a, a bit of a Country File addict. And uh, except for the fact that the usual BBC waste, there's about 70 people work on the programme. Uh, all these different film crews. We're out filming here and they're out doing that and all the rest of it. You know, need to get themselves in order. And so all these calves have been born and this was their first time out in the field eating grass. And so they, they take them there in a lorry. Then they open the back of the lorry. Well, the cows got so excited. They all jump out and they're running around the field. And then they suddenly go, wait a minute, we eat grass. There was all the grass, and it was, it was lovely, actually. It was a, a spiritual moment, a bit of an epiphany for the cows. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. <laughs> Morning, everybody. 27 minutes to five. I once worked in a pub kitchen, says Lord Ayers, and was instructed by the chef to water down the soup. Well, actually, I used to work in a pub as well, and this was a long, long time ago, and um, we used to water down the lime juice. 
So in other words, you'd get a bottle of lime juice in because everybody in those days used to drink lager and lime. Uh, I never drank lager or bitter or anything like that, so it didn't didn't make any difference to me. But I could appreciate why people drank it because obviously liked it. And you do a shot of lime. But what we used to do is you get a bottle of lime juice. Half of it would go into uh, another bottle and you'd top it up with water. And that was it. You'd just water it down so it went further. And all the beer, with the exception of Guinness on draft, went back into Best Bitter. So in other words, if you were pulling a pint and uh, the barrel started running out, you'd do the rest of it, and then you'd pour it into the drip tray, and then at the end of the night, you would pour the drip trays into a bucket, and then the next morning, you would filter it back into Best Bitter. People used to compliment us on our Best Bitter. They'd go, your Best Bitter's really good. We thought, yes, of course it is, because it's got lager, bitter, it's got everything in there. The only thing you couldn't put in was um, was the Guinness. And uh, But I think lots of people do that. You have to do that to try and try and save money in pubs nowadays. I should imagine there's loads of little little tricks. I'll tell you what I'm obsessed with getting, though. <gasps> have you ever had triple-cooked chips? Oh, oh. They're so much better than ordinary boring chips because they're, they're chips that are cooked, then they cook them again, and then they cook them a third time. They're so crispy. Seriously, I'm sure they're really bad for you. But uh, I thought they were delicious. Triple cooked chips. And then uh, they do them in Iceland. They do McCain triple cooked chips. And uh, I thought, I'll go and buy some. My friend John said, you won't like them, Steve. He said, they're not very good. And I thought, oh. Because he, he did them in the oven, I think. And I do oven chips in my halogen oven. And they seem to work really well. They go crispy and everything. Triple cooked chips. I'm going to have to try them. Because I love them. Uh, poor old Mary Berry. Oh, she's in trouble again. Why this time? First of all, because she's never heard of Noel Fielding. Well, most people in the country haven't heard of Noel. Ask anybody of Mary Berry's age. Excuse me, in an old people's home. Noel Fielding, anybody? I used to like his crinkly bottom. No, Fielding, dear, Fielding. Never had a takeaway. Why would she? She's a cook on the television. Why would she have a takeaway? They're so dumb, these people, aren't they? Uh, and, And now she's got a pie with no soggy bottom. So she's done a... So it's just... But that's quite normal. I've had pies like that. They've been serving them in London restaurants for donkey's years. I used to go to a restaurant in Knightsbridge with my dad. And we would have a steak and kidney pie. And it was done in a, in a little dish. And on the top of it was, was just the top of the pie. And so it was a flaky puff pastry top that went on the top of it. The rest of it was just in the, in the dish. Didn't have to have a soggy bottom or anything like that. So they get, so, and, the, and the question is, been living under a rock cake, Mary? Who wrote this? What rubbish is this? Andy Hall's TV editor. Why would she have heard of Noel Fielding, dear? As I say, why don't you do yourself a favour? Get out there. Do, go round an old people's home. Ask people of the age of 80 if they've ever heard of Noel Fielding. Of course they won't have done. Ask all the people in the old people's home. Ever had a takeaway? Of course they won't have done. They cook, dear, not like you. You probably just pick up the phone. Can I have a pizza? Can I have a Chinese? Go oh, blimey. He's coming to the real world, mate. I'm assuming it's a bloke. You can never tell, can you? Uh, Jane Moore, <clears throat> apparently. Uh, so a homemaker is not a real job. Ask Rio's opinion. And uh, that's one of the things. She also talks about Emily Ratajowski. Producer likes her a lot. She's, uh, she's a former sort of model-type person. She's on holiday, but uh, there's no rest when it comes to feeding the ever-hungry monster of social media. Uh, she's got 11.8 million followers. 11.8 million sad, desperately lonely people who think that she's going to be friendly. No, she just shows them her bum and they seem quite happy, which is great. Latest posts include Emily naked in a rock pool. Ouch. 
Emily pouting gormlessly in a khaki bikini, Emily in a £90 halter neck, Cosy, of which 75 quid's worth appears to be wedged up her pert bottom. I know, it's a bit sad, isn't it, really? Nobody's ever going to think she's class. They're always going to think, little bit trashy, little bit trashy. As usual, Jane Moore gets it on the money, on the money. Uh, Ed Ball still dragging out that five set. We've seen the dancing, love. OK, it's all finished. Go away. Go and be a politician. Go and do whatever you want to do, but just stay away from a camera. A little bit naff. And uh, he's doing a little gunman style. Whoop, gunman style. That looks so dated now, doesn't it, really? I used to say, eh, Macarena, woo, and the whole thing. And they were these two funny little men. And I thought that was quite cute, but I didn't like the gangman style. Whoop, gangman style. I thought it was somebody being sick. Whoop, gangman style. Not very exciting. Uh, the master chef, uh, chef opening this, uh, this no-plates restaurant. Uh, they're going to scoff apple puree and pork starters off the backs of their fists instead of plates. And... Um, this is the Michelin-starred cook triumphed on MasterChef The Professionals, hosted by Greg Wallace. But his gimmick has been ridiculed. Well, of course it is. Man's an idiot. I mean, how stupid and pretentious is this? Now I've seen it all, says Christine Lumby of Plymouth. Uh, Anton Tre- uh, Petrovsky has opened a trendy restaurant, and one of the courses is served directly onto the back of your hand. For goodness sake, buy some plates. But uh, one reader said pretentious piffle. Absolutely. Pretentious crap, ladies and gentlemen. Don't waste your time or your money. It's ridiculous. There's a Twitter crusade. We want plates. I mean, I agree with you. What's the matter with plates? Get plates. Go and get plates. You know, that's all you want here. So they've got um, sort of various... I mean, it just is ridiculous. But of course, what it's done is he's got in publicity, but mainly he'll be ridiculed because the sort of sad people who be sitting there with food on the back of their hands are the sort of dumb, stupid people who buy into all this pretentious film rubbish that's on. I checked into a hotel, Steve, and the other man on the seafront. Turned out to be the seedy end of the prom. The large family room had a chip dresser... Uh, sorry, a dresser drawer full of fag ends and a chipped sink. Well, don't joke. I paid for the parents of my godchildren to go to uh, Lake Como in Italy for their honeymoon. I bought them the honeymoon. Shows what a generous person I am. I'm a nice person. In fact, I'm, I'm the most generous person I know. I feed everybody around here. I make sure the producer is looking as fat as he ever could be. Actually, what, what Clive Bull's producer was saying to me the other day, he said that he'd, uh, he'd put on, on a bit of weight since Christmas, but oddly it suited him. Anyway, 84850, uk. Uh, Jeremy Kyle, his mum's just died. She was 85. 85. I think 85's a good image, a good, good innings, don't you? I mean, to be honest with you, if you're 84 and three quarters at the moment, you're going to start panicking. But I think 85's good. She had uh, dementia and other illnesses, which is what... I don't think anybody ever actually gets to 85 and they've not experienced some sort of illness. My friends Bryn and Annie over in La Belle, France. I mean, they don't, they, they don't get the best of health, but um, they're, they're still there. They're surrounded by people who love them. I think that's what it comes down to. That's why I come into work. I'm surrounded by people who love me. Well, some of them. Not everybody, obviously. But, uh, you know, that's, that's what you come in for, isn't it? If people are nice to you, you think, oh, that's good. I quite like that idea. And so it means you kindly dispose. I was talking to Clive Bull's producer the other day, uh, who was in the office because he featured on uh, Nick Ferrari's Breakfast. He was doing a follow-up report, uh, which you must podcast. Very, very well done indeed. And um, and um, we were sort of chatting about, you know, different little bits and pieces, mainly me, of course, as the, that is the only topic of conversation that we can ever have. If I'm, if I'm with somebody, the topic of conversation is Steve Allen. 
<laughs> I love winding people up. It's so much fun. It really is great. Uh, plus, and I can't find the interview. I know I did it. Colin Dexter, the Morse author, died aged 86. I think I did him years ago. But we've had a search through the archives. We can't find it. We can't find it. But I'm pretty certain I interviewed him. I, I do sometimes forget things. But I don't forget that. You know, I just don't forget that at all. Uh, there's also, there's a couple of stories about the police in the paper today. There was a, a story about uh, a policeman who's been fired. He texted a photo of his willy to a domestic abuse victim whilst on duty in court. I mean, it does seem particularly stupid. This is a married police constable. Christopher Linton had a sexual relationship with a woman whose ex was violent. Good God, what is going on with the police? We had the police the other day who weren't doing anything about the travellers who'd moved on to somebody's private car park and, um, and demanded 1,200 quid to move off again. Luckily, they moved off and didn't get a penny piece. So that was good news. And, um, and then we had... Uh, there's another police officer who's been fired for doing... Oh, that's right. He was working as an escort... A police constable working as an escort. But I thought we only had a story the other... He's been fired too. Uh, I thought we only had a story the other day of a police officer whose wife was working as a hooker. And they said that was all right. They can't make up their mind in the police force, can they? There's so much stress that goes on with young police officers. I know, because my mother used to work for the police. And she used to get some of the young uh, PCs going round her place. She would cook them tea and, and things like that. And... Uh, it was, it was amazing, really. She said a lot of them are very depressed, very lonely, because they can't make friends outside of the police force. It's very difficult to, just in case you have to go round and, uh, and arrest them at some point. Uh, there's another thief, sorry, young man, who's crawled into one of these crane machines. Three years old, it was the claw grab. You know when you put your money in, you try and grab a toy. Anyway, he managed to get in there. Uh, this was in uh, County Tipperary in Ireland, an off-duty fireman coaxed him out as staff went to fetch keys. It's another way of just, uh, he's been taught to thieve. <laughs> so, climb into this machine. We've had it before, haven't we? Where kids sort of climb in there, surrounded by all these toys, because the cranes never pick anything up. You can't actually pick something up with a crane. You have to knock it into the thing. So, don't ever... They're just called cranes. You can buy them. You get a copy of a magazine called World's Fair and you'll find cranes for sale, dodgems, just about anything you want, actually, in the funfair line. Caravans... Trailings have got a whole section of vans that they live in pullouts and uh, really, you know, really, really lovely, really nice things. Uh, still to come, uh, Colleen Nolan, thank God, is off television. Woo, there's a result. Uh, she's going to rescue her marriage. Funny she never thought about that. She was moaning about it in Big Brother. And then she comes out, she goes back on the television again. But uh, now she's decided it's hanging by a thread. Don't worry, there'll be the story in the paper. My marriage hanging by a thread. How I saved my marriage. And my husband Ray left me. You know, you can see the scenario, can't you? Nick in Surrey says, would the triple cooked chips now be quadruple cooked chips when cooking in the oven? I don't know. I don't know. I don't, to be honest with you, I'm talking rubbish when I talk about um, triple cooked chips because I don't know how they do triple cooked chips. I mean, you, you put them in, you fry them, take them out, leave them, then put them back in again, then take them out. It's very laborious, isn't it? And then you put them back in again. That would be triple cooked. But they do do crispy. But my advice yesterday, and it stands, if you've got friends round for Christmas, you might be lucky, or you might be very unlucky and not have anybody round for Christmas. But if you're doing a meal for, say, a few people, cook the potatoes and the vegetables the day before. So the, on the day, you've, uh, this is Mary Berry's advice, cook it the day before. All you've got to do is heat it up again. Nobody would know. 
time it's covered in gravy. It's delicious. Uh, Steve, I'm from the north. Here we go. How you've managed to get through the vetting system, I'll never know. How has that happened? So I qualified to speak about pies. Oh, no, you don't. Oh, no, you don't. We've got pies down here. A pie has a pastry top. Pastry is encased in pastry, i.e. a Cornish pasty. No, listen, I'm, I'm terribly sorry, you're wrong. A pie can be anything you like. Pies, pies, who wants a pie? You know, and a Cornish pasty was a meal. It was given to the uh, the people, wasn't it? It was a meal, you took it out, so it had... Uh, I don't think the original Cornish pasties had meat in. I think they just had potato and swede and carrot, and that was about it. Delicious. But they don't have to have a pastry top or anything like that, you know, for it to qualify being a pie. Melton Mowbray pork pies can only be made in Melton Mowbray. Uh, but you don't have to eat pork pies because they're really fattening. So, and I do not buy into the fact because you're northern, you can speak about pies. No, you can speak about flat caps and whippets and benefits. You can't talk about anything else, okay? I've seen the programmes on the television. Do not try educate me on anything like that. Thank you very much indeed. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice idea, building more prisons. I'm all in favour of that one. Let's stop sort of saying, oh, we're going to give you 12 months prison suspended for, for six months. No, 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 let's send them to prison. Sort it all out. The benefit fraudsters we found yesterday on the programme. Uh, they're, not in the pro, uh, they're not in the papers for today, but I'm sure we'll find somebody in here. As I wandered through earlier on, there's uh, people who are... This, uh, this souped-up Ford Fiesta isn't as bizarre a story as I thought it was to start with. Uh, also, the cleaning spray you can use to the end. You know, you always get a little bit, you can't do that. It's like sort of getting to the end of an aftershave and you go, oh, I can't get that last little bit out. Uh, what was the other one? Oh, yes, diesel cars pumping out nine times the limit. We'll tell you the bad... And the good. And you'll be surprised how many ones you know are on the bad list. Uh, also, uh, the Via Gogo no show. It's tout of order. They were asked to explain their pricings for, for theatre tickets that they were reselling. Uh, also, how to reduce stress and wrinkles. Die, I would think, would be the easy answer to that one. Everybody gets wrinkles. Everybody. Everybody gets stress and wrinkles. Janet Street Porter's done a really dreary item because apparently the poor old bag turned 70 last year and so she's telling you how to sort of survive, you know, and I thought, well, I don't know. She says play on the computer, you know, which, I mean, I agree with. That keep, keeps your mind active. Uh, also, Waitrose facing this backlash after their, uh, their free cups of coffee to loyalty card holders are disappearing because I see people every morning, I didn't know what they were doing. I thought they were just after some sort of freebie. And so you go and I think you buy something and then they give you a thing and you go and get a free cup of coffee. I don't, I don't quite understand that, but there you go. Uh, also, the, uh, the victim of a veil. She had her kneecap torn off her by some thug. He's a sad, pretentious little so-and-so. And, um, and she said, don't, don't jail him. She's being quite, uh, quite good about it. Uh, I frankly want to jail him. I think people like that should be sent to prison immediately. I'm sorry, a year. Off you go. Bye-bye. Thank you. The Adele fan who's selling a bag of air from one of her concerts. I mean, there will be somebody who'll buy it. Do you know they did a thing on the, uh, the internet? Asia, you might not remember it. It's where you start off with a paperclip and you end up with a house. And there was this person who started off with a paperclip, sold it, and they went for... And there was a whole list of things that they... But they then swapped that for something else. Eventually it came down to somebody got a boat and then they swapped the boat for that. And then... So you graduate, So you'd started with a paperclip. But they ended up with a house. I think they ended up with a flat, which was good. Freddie Flintoff calls for footballers to take a pay cut. I think so too. 
Far too greedy. I mean, look at that poor old Colleen Rooney. What's she got to do with her life? Nothing. She can't cook. Just wanders up and down the road. I think I'll go shopping. Oh, that's it. That's all she does, really. Uh, also, the moaning X Factor contestant who says it uses people like puppets. That's your career sealed, pal. I mean, I'm sick to death of people who go on television programmes. I mean, they're either dumb uh, or they've never watched these things. You just watch it and you know what it is. It's a programme that can make or break. If you're dumb and you don't have that much talent, you're going to sink without trace. I've seen them on there. We've seen the families fighting. You know, they used to have it when they had the uh, the X Factor in the early stages. I think it was the X Factor. And uh, somebody had come on and they couldn't sing. And it was generally one of those sort of chav families. And they, we, we, we actually put, who, who did we put on there? Was it the Chawners, that stupid fat family who turned up on everything? You know, total waste of time. Then they stuck their poor mother on, Jeremy Kyle. I mean, the whole thing was just a disaster. They were just fat, bloated, talentless people who sort of thought that somebody wanted to see them on the television, like the effing Fulfords, another talentless family. Very embarrassing to see them on the television. But at, uh, luckily, we're kind of getting through it. We've just got, uh, once we've ditched... Uh, all the people from Chelsea, much we've ditched all the people from Geordie. Oh, look, there's Prince Harry working hard. What is this? Bags, thank you. Photograph taken, off, home again. And um, people having pictures taken with Prince Harry. He goes to visit the uh, the HIV project that I think his mother went to, but that was God knows how long ago. So then they go, oh, his mother visited. He thought, well, he's not been since. Waitrose, this roasting... From the loyal customers, ladies and gentlemen, uh, for restricting their free coffee and tea. Trouble is brewing. After uh, bean counters at Waitrose said from April the 3rd, loyalty card holders will not get a hot drink until they've bought something. Waitrose called the change a refinement. But some of the six million loyalty scheme customers were boiling mad. One tweeted, how can I enjoy a free cup of tea and coffee while I shop at Waitrose if I have to buy something first? Not happy with this. Well, I mean, you know, you have to buy something to get the drink. They don't specify uh, a minimum amount, but they said buying a 10p reusable bag would count, although not a 5p one. Gives you a rough idea how much the cup of coffee costs them to do, doesn't it, really? So, uh, no, of course, why should you get it free? You're shopping in Waitrose, you better get your money out. Get your purses out, boys. Start spending. You buy, a, you know, uh, something in there, you can have a free cup of coffee. The sort of people who whinge about it, the sort of people Waitrose wouldn't probably want as a customer Anyway, the exhaust fumes. This is uh, Nikki and her boyfriend, Tom. Uh, well, I, I, I say boyfriend, I don't know. They might have just been friends, but they died in the accident in this car. This was uh, a modified car in December. Uh, Tom is a Ford apprentice. He'd taken out the catalytic converter, which removes harmful emissions and cut vents into the bonnet of his Fiesta ST. But an inquest heard a gap between the exhaust and the engine meant deadly fumes were then sucked into the vehicle. Carbon monoxide levels inside the car were more than a thousand times the safety limit. They met for dinner and they parked up outside her mother's home. Residents told police they heard the engine running at around 4.30am. They were found in the car six hours later. Because what it does, the exhaust comes into the car and you just go to sleep. And then it kills you. That's why you get people who sort of do things like that. I mean, it, uh, you know, the gap in this exhaust system, which allowed the fumes to escape, was, was there beforehand, before he started modifying it. So two people lose their lives. I remember this story from, uh, from December. It was from ages ago. And I remember thinking, how on earth can that happen? How on earth can that happen? Phil says triple cooked chips. Aren't they, um, aren't they just reheated? 
Yeah, three times. Three times. They're, they're, well, I think that's how it works, I'm, to be honest with you. I'm not entirely sure about it. And uh, somebody told me how they do triple cooked chips. Oven, ten minutes. Deep fried, three to four minutes. And then oven, ten minutes. Oh. Why don't they just, why just cook them? They do taste nice, though. I have, uh, I have to be honest. Phil in Streatham says uh, oven cooked chips, apparently, or triple cooked chips was by Crazy Horse and Neil Young. Love it. I remember your day out on the trains. Thank you. So triple cooked. They do taste better. They really do. And uh, somebody says I'm from Bradford. I'm very educated. No, not for this programme. Not for this programme. We're way ahead of you. Way ahead of you, I think. And um, Dorman Dom, he says, me and my gay bouncer Shane are drinking Jack Daniels. Oh, tell me not at this time of the morning. Did anybody drink at this time of the morning? I suppose, actually, if you finished work, it would be easy, wouldn't it, to actually um, to actually start drinking at this time. I personally couldn't uh, couldn't cope with the drink. I could go an ice cream, but we don't have any ice cream. I'd love an ice cream now. If there was a machine... Have I got any downstairs? Anyway, um, coming up very shortly, the news at uh, five o'clock. We take all your texts and emails. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. And uh, what else have we got? Because of Martin McGuinness yesterday, that's what all the papers have got on the front page. They sort of alternate between the ex-IRA boss who's dead and Mel B divorces sex freak hubby. Uh, apparently he's been in the offing for ages. It's, uh, it's it's one of those things, isn't it? I think where sort of people go, but every time they go on a show together, they argue and everything. Who cares? Listen, you know, if they want to play their lives out in public, that's their business. I don't care. It doesn't make any difference to me. The restaurant says Grace is called Dans le Noir. Not my type of restaurant. It's expensive to eat in that, out in there anyway. You see, I think there's a limit to what I would pay to eat out in a restaurant. I like eating out in restaurants. That's why they're there. They're there for, for my edification and to show me what they can do with something, you know, quite dull and boring. But uh, all we want is we just want good food at normal prices. I'm not into pretentious stuff at all. I do like, though, Heston Blumenthal. I think he's been very clever. And uh, he, what did he do? He, he did something in one of his restaurants. Whatever it was, I remember thinking, that's very clever. It looked like one food, but in fact it was another food. And that's what I... He's done his snail ice cream. I never had any of that, but uh, I'm assuming he can freeze most things, like bananas and everything else. Uh, the refugee who became a British citizen, we went, come on, and he then became a people smuggler. We've really got to check them out, haven't we? Uh, the diesel cars pumping out nine times the limits. will name and shame. Uh, Colin Dexter, the creator of Morse, has died at the age of 86. Martin McGuinness in all the papers today. Uh, and they appear to be fairly divided. Freddie Flintoff calling for footballers to take a pay cut. And uh, Robbie Williams blasted for tweeting a picture of a bus crash to promote his tour. He never was the brightest penny in the box, Robbie Williams, but uh, we always entertain him for some peculiar reason. Well, Anton Deck do, without realising he's about as funny as David Walliams. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Wednesday, 22nd of March. Nice to have your company. So we're going to ban laptops uh, from going out, and yet you can take mobile phones. I don't actually see the difference. I mean, a mobile phone is a computer. You can do all sorts of things with that. And, uh, and a laptop, they've got to make sure it's fully charged. But, you know, I see no end of people on flights uh, and on trains and everywhere now with laptops. Everybody's got laptops. Everybody's got some sort of computer. or They've got an e-book or they've got something like that. What they're basically saying is don't take them. But then if you're a business person, you're going to need to take it, aren't you? But what they're saying is it'll have to go in the hold. 
I don't know. I don't know if I feel safer with it in the hold or uh, or not in the holds because there's so many ways now. We had a bloke the other day. He had all his stuff built into cufflinks. You can obviously miniaturise it. So if you can miniaturise it into cufflinks, you can put it into a mobile phone. All of this sort of stuff. I mean, you know, I mean, I'm not saying it's putting anybody off um, off flying because it doesn't. Although I did question that when I left this country on the Eurostar, which was lovely, by the way, uh, we, we, we go through, we, we come out of England. Within six feet, we check into France. And so you don't need to check out the other end when you get off the train. Uh, in Lille or Paris or wherever you happen to be going. You just walk off the train and then you're straight out into the crowds. And um, and it was interesting that when we went through Paris, was that on the... Yeah, that was on the way back. We had to take our belt off, watch off, everything. Didn't have to do it coming back into the country. It was all a bit bizarre, actually. I, I sort of thought, I wonder why, why that is. We managed to walk around with the belt on. And, of course, so you then get, find people in various stages of undress. I, when I came back from America a short while ago, had to take my socks off. I wanted me to take the socks. I mean, luckily, of course, my feet are perfect. And uh, so that was OK. And then what did I get confiscated? Two things. A pair of nail clippers they confiscated uh, and, uh, and a letter opener. So there you go. Paul says, for the last year in Crouch End and Muswell Hill, anyone has to make a purchase after which they're given a cup at the checkout. Seems like it's been in practice for a while. Well, I, I've never done it. I've never done it. I, I mean, I was just assuming that that's how it works. Don't just go in there and get a, f- a free cup of coffee. That would be a bit stupid, wouldn't it, really? So uh, I, I absolutely understand that. Somebody keeps tweeting snail ice cream like you've never heard of it before. Are you in the real world or something? Where are you from? It's been around for about the past ten years, hasn't it, snail ice cream? God, blimey. Uh, Jennifer says, I'm living in Wales, but order pie and mash with liquor and eels from London twice a year to educate the Welsh. Don't they have anything uh, anything traditionally like that in Wales? Yes, it's this argument about a pie's got to have a base. No, it hasn't. No, it hasn't. It's, it's the you can't educate people if that's you know, it's the same sort of people who tell me that you know the Earth was created in seven days. Gina says first you parboil, then you cool them, then you par fry them, then cool to very high, and then fry until crisp. That's not triple cooked though, is it? So parboiled, then cooled, then par fried, then cooked. That, no, it's got to be done three times, isn't it? The cooking's three times. That's what they call triple cooked. That would be the uh, that would be the bit. That would be the bit. I think triple cooked. Whatever it is, they're delicious. They really are particularly gorgeous. Particularly gorgeous. Eight four eight five zero Steve at lbc dot co dot uk. And um, what else we got? Oh, there was. I like this story about Freddie Flintoff calling for footballers to take a pay cut because they earn far too much money, footballers. But there again, if that's what your agent has negotiated, and they, I mean, I, I think, isn't it Rooney earns about £300,000 a week? And then she still manages to look like a dog's dinner. And she goes out shopping or by a lonesome. She doesn't appear to have any friends at all. I feel a bit sorry for her, really. Uh, also, um, the diesel cars. I'll tell you which ones they are because they're in the papers today. Uh, also, Mary Berry. Never heard of Noel Fielding, in keeping with the rest of the country. And uh, and the papers make a big deal about the fact she's never had a takeaway. Well, my mother had never had a takeaway. Must be loads of people listening at the moment of a certain age who've never had a takeaway. Why would you have a takeaway? You cook. It's only these dumbo journalists who are too bone idle to actually get out there and try and research something. They sort of go, oh, she's never had a takeaway. She's 80-something. Why would she have had a takeaway? She cooks. What would be the point of that? She cooks. Unlike most of these journalists, as you imagine, judging by the size of some of them work on these columns, I mean, quite clearly they survive on takeaways. Uh, snow up north, 
Sunny down south. Move down south, it's sunny, but as I say, I would happily swap with you any time soon. I would love to go up north and, and see snow and just have a good look. I don't want to sort of drive around in it, don't get me wrong. I just want to see it come back down south again. Because down here, I've had daffodils out for God knows how long. It's lovely. Really is nice. How to enjoy life in your 70s. Uh, it's advice by Janet Street Porter, but I wouldn't take any advice of Janet Street Porter. Thank you very much indeed. And um, how to reduce stress and wrinkles. So one thing that you're going to get, stress and wrinkles prove that you've had a life. You know, I mean, you're supposed to... I mean, I, I don't think stress is good. I've got excellent blood pressure. I had to do that the other day, and um, I was on the money. So I don't get stressed about anything at all. In fact, the moment they start doing the, the, the test, I start breathing deeply. And it always works perfectly. I've never had... Uh, only a couple of times... But uh, no, my, my blood pressure is very, very good, which I'm, which I'm very pleased about. Some people get very stressed about all sorts of things like, you know, snail ice cream and stuff like that. <laughs> I do like it, though. Uh, the gift shops that will be a higher rate than Harrods. You'll love this story. And uh, Melby, going to divorce over a rocky marriage. We knew this for a few days. And so that's what she's going to do. She's going to, she's had enough. They've been married for a number of years. I think it's been going wrong for a number of years. We've had arguments before and they've separated. And now people are saying that... Uh, uh, it's a case of, you know, they might as well just separate. Meanwhile, Colleen Nolan, her of the very, very funny flirts with every man on Loose Women. And uh, and then when she was on Big Brother, she was about as boring as a plank. Just sat there smoking, drinking, eating, eating, smoking, drinking and moaning about her marriage. And you think, have you looked at yourself no effort, made no effort to look after herself, tart herself up or do anything else at all. Eating, smoking, drinking, drinking, smoking, eating. So now she's taken time off from television, thank God, to save the marriage. I don't know how you save a marriage. I've got no idea. I know people go to marriage guidance. I'm not actually sure how the whole process works, because I think once you've fallen out of love with somebody, then you uh, you kind of... It's very difficult to get back in love with them, isn't it? That's, uh, well, that's the way I was always told about it. Look at a picture of this. Where is this? This is gridlocked, the M8 near Glasgow, with a blizzard going on. It's unbelievable, isn't it? Down south here, we had beautiful, beautiful weather yesterday. It was lovely and sunny, and uh, hopefully today it will be exactly the same. Even in the Midlands, Stratford-upon-Avon, it was absolutely beautiful. People... People were sort of enjoying the sunshine, enjoying the flowers. Glasgow, down came the snow. Unreal, isn't it, really? We do get the oddest weather conditions in this country. Great reviews for James Arthur, caught live, which is good. And the troll hit site for Madeline is back because uh, trolls, you know, are the sort of people... I mean, to be honest with you, I think we should build special prisons just for trolls. These are people who write to either Madeline McCann's site or her parents... Or anybody who's lost children, they write. I think these people should be taken out, hauled over the coals, splattered all over the papers. We name and shame, and then we put them in prison, and we leave them there until we decide we're going to let them out. Or failing that, to make it easier, we bring back the stocks. And uh, for an entertainment, we have it in Leicester Square. Got a perfect place here. And uh, you just throw rotten fruit at them after you come out of the pubs. That would stop them. Or failing that, take away the computer and say, if you buy a computer ever again or contact anybody, you're going straight to prison. These people are sickos. They're really sick. And so they were targeting the Madeleine McCann site. Uh, I mean, some of the messages you just can't even repeat on this programme because they're just too offensive for words. Uh, but uh, they've turned the page back 
and uh, it's all systems go. They're not going to be put off by these people. I've always said to anybody in the business, if ever you're targeted by a troll, immediately to the police. Immediately. They'll find them straight away. They send them a warning. And if they do not heed the warning, you prosecute. Simple. It's, it's, so, it's such a simple procedure. And the police love it because generally they, 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 these sort of people, there's something, something the matter with them. So we have to get them sorted out as quick as possible. Uh, also, the parents of a little four-year-old girl are among those told in a letter from the school she was overweight. Mind you, there is a story in the paper today of a child who I think is about four years old and um, has gone to school. They have one of these days at school where you can wear whatever. In other words, you can, you know, wear jeans or... Thing. He wanted to wear a dress. He wanted to wear a My Little Pony dress. So his mother, who's 21, not with the father anymore, uh, decided that he could go to school. He saw the outfit in a supermarket and he said, I want to wear that. He said, because boys can wear dresses as well. So uh, we indulge people. And so, I mean, I don't believe at that age they're well aware of anything at all. I don't think so. I'd be very surprised. But there again, what do I know about that kind of thing? Nowadays, you do get kids who cross-dress at school. Anyway, he, he, was, he was taken to school with another outfit in case he got bullied. Didn't get bullied. Teachers apparently loved it. They must be kind of going, well, you know, we're trying to teach kids. Now we've got to worry about whether they're wearing a frock or not. And so he enjoyed that. He changed when he went for a walk in the woods. He gets back home and he changes back into his dress again because he says boys can wear dresses the same as anybody else. So that was it. Uh, Jolie skinny stars turn kids off food. And uh, this is uh, eating disorders. Thin stars like Angelina Joni and Victoria Beckham. Uh, they say that Victoria Beckham is an icon. To who? To who? I don't know anybody who's got any of her clothes. I don't know why she'd be an icon to anybody. She shunned the, uh, the Spice Girl. She doesn't want to do that ever again. Why would she? She's moved in a completely different direction. She wants nothing to do with the Spice Girls reunion, if indeed it will go ahead. I thought that they had booked something. I'm pretty certain. I could be wrong. But uh, I thought that they, they'd booked something. And then, but I think, oh, we've still got to wait, haven't we? What are we up to now? March, coming up April, May, June, July. God, it's only five months. Five months until we get to see Bross in concert. Yeah. God, I hope they're rehearsing. I hope it's a really super duper show as opposed to just two elderly old men crawling about on stage going, when will I... Will I be famous? The audience is just going to go to sleep. This has got to be a wow zingy show. That's what I'm expecting. Got it from Take That. And I'm expecting no less from Bross. <coughs> Excuse me, because they were very, very popular. Rechip Steve. It's amazing, actually, how many of you uh, learn how to do triple and double cooked chips. They are definitely the best ones. Because they're crispy on the outside. It's like a, like a thin roast potato that's really crispy. You could just do those and just dip them in mayonnaise. I'm quite hungry now, actually. Could eat some triple. You're quite tired. You're right. Yeah. I can tell you're tired. You take your glasses off. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, every Snail porridge, bacon and egg ice cream, Heston's triple cooked chips are parboiled, then frozen, then fried at 180, cooled, as dried off again, then fried again at 180. I mean, complicated, isn't it? They are nice, though. I do like this. It's, and it's appearing in more and more restaurants, which I think is uh, which is actually good. You're right, says Robbie. My mum used to make lemon meringue pie. No crust on it. Of course not. No, that's just stupid. That's just somebody being a bit thick. And uh, so lemon meringue pie, just the base. And then meringue over the top of the, of the lemon bit. My mother used to do a really good lemon meringue pie. I'm, I'm sure you can buy things like... I don't know if they, if they sell them. They sell lemon meringue pies. 
wonder if you can buy them ready-made. They are particularly good. It was, a, it was like sort of a very, very refreshing. It kept your mouth sort of refreshed. Bit of lemon. It's like having a lemon sor- sorbet. If you go out to a restaurant, uh, you have a lot of courses. In between the courses, you have sorbets. Lemon, orange sorbet, melon sorbet, anything like that. And so it's just a refresher. It's like whenever you go to, you know, a proper place for coffee. If you're going to a proper place for coffee, not just one of the places here, you know, the coffee shops on the high street. Uh, if you go to a proper place, like in Vienna... When you, when you get a cup of coffee, it comes with a glass of water. And people go, well, you got a glass? I didn't hold a glass of water. No, it comes with it. Because the idea is that every time you have a sip of the coffee, after that, you have a sip of water to cleanse your palate. You can taste the coffee every time. You don't just keep drinking coffee. That would be stupid, wouldn't it? Oh, wait a minute, that's what we do here. But you can ask for it. You go to any of these places and just ask them for a cup of water. They'll give you a cup of water out of the tap. <laughs> uh, Phil can still hear the birds singing. Do you not maybe think you've got tinnitus or something like that? Is that what it could be? <laughs> Actually, they're very vocal. The birds the other day, round, round my way, I could hear them in the sitting room. I think they were in the sitting room. But, I mean, I remember thinking they're very noisy. I think that they're getting excited. I think they're getting excited. We recently cooked chips by using beef dripping, which we hadn't seen in the shops for donkey's years. They tasted great. Yes, you can use beef dripping. Get it in the old-fashioned butchers. Comes in like a, a grease-proof piece of paper. Used to be an old old butchers down where we used to live, and they used to do beef dripping. Used to say brief, beef dripping on the packet, which is just a well, because that's what it was. Okay, who is the happiest in the country? And don't say you. Don't say you, because Geordies are the happiest people in the country. Well, having seen Geordie Shore, I'm assuming what they mean is the most drunk. That's what makes people happy. Uh, people living in Newcastle, home to fun-loving babe Vicky Patterson. Oh, God, honestly... Babe, she's a bit old for a babe, isn't she, really? More than seven... Actually, the thing is, strange enough, they haven't put her age down here. They normally do that. Brummy people, people in Birmingham, are seen as miserable. Miserable. Uh, they have a great sense of humour, but they're the salt of the earth. Um, also, uh, the best place to sell a house quickly, Swindon, Bristol and Bedford. Sunderland and Rochdale are the worst, according to, uh, to a company that uh, are not getting any publicity on my programme. Uh, also, somebody wrote in to one of the uh, the newspapers saying that Kerry Katona only sold 35 tickets for her one-woman show. That's 34 more than we expected. Yes, I absolutely agree. Why on earth you'd want to go and see her on stage? I can't imagine. I should imagine it's as pathetic as her as her life. And the bloke who was complaining about the, uh, the X Factor, I'd never heard of. Somebody called Max Vickers. Poor little Max Vickers. He regrets going on uh, a rival talent show. X Factor saying it uses people like puppets. Uh, he was in the series in 2011 when Gary Barlow was in charge, but got dropped at Judge's house in favour of Frankie Cocosa, whose career has just disappeared completely. Now, as a member of Team Gavin Rosdale, he's taken a swipe on X Factor. They used you and it didn't feel right. The voice is more respectable. Uh, the voice has got no audience. That's the trouble. And also, you need the Simon Cowell thing. That's the, that's the clincher. Simon Cowell is the expert. I don't think you're going to go anywhere, Max. I think you've had your day. You know, to rubbish a show by Simon Cowell uh, is really big, big career move. Somebody should have said to you, zip it. Oh, Lord, help me to keep my big mouth shut till I know what I'm talking about. Nobody is as big as Simon Cowell's psycho. Nobody has got the power that he has. You wait till Christmas. He will dominate the charts and you will dominate nothing. Apart from the aisle of your local supermarket, 
where you'll be stacking shelves, because that's about as far as it goes. Never, ever bite the hand that feeds. That, uh, that hand of Simon Cowles is very, very successful. He knows exactly what he's doing. He knows exactly what he's talking about, because he's done it a million times before. A million times. Uh, what have we got here? Dun, 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 dun. Jelly babies. Oh, this is going to be given to, uh, to Jeff Stelling. He's going to raise prostate cancer awareness, saying it's footballers' duty to help. He's going to be Donny's walking boots, and he reckons the thing that's going to keep him going are jelly babies. God, blimey. I wish I could say the same. I get complaints. Are you on jelly babies, people say to me, if I'm particularly hyper some mornings. I should have bought ice cream in today, but I didn't actually think, uh, you know... It, but that, that was sort of the way forward. I just thought about it anyway. Uh, somebody says, uh, so the happiest people, me. He says, I'm from Newcastle. Could be a woman. Uh, we're not all like Geordie Shaw. Oh, don't be so ridiculous. Of course you're like Geordie Shaw. That's why it represents Newcastle. Otherwise, they'd have done it from Rochdale. It'd be Rochdale Shaw or something. No, Geordie Shaw. Everybody's like that in Newcastle. And they weigh, eh? All right, fish and chips. Yes, I've been to, I've been to Newcastle very quickly. Very, very quickly. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. Uh, somebody else says, you're quite right. Lemon meringue pie. No top on it. But that was just somebody being stupid. That's all it is, actually. Uh, so the happiest people are from Newcastle. You see, I thought, where was I thinking the happiest people would be from? I don't know. Manchester, I always thought they, 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 people were pretty happy. I remember going out with a friend of mine years ago. And uh, <clears throat> we had a very nice, everybody talks to you. Then they mug you. Uh, no, it was nice. Everybody spoke to you. Nobody speaks to you down in London. If somebody talks to you on the... You know, if I was sitting on the bus and somebody got on and sat next to me and said, hello, I'd be going, hello. <laughs> you don't do things like that in London. And yet in Manchester and Leeds, it's actually quite normal. for They're, they're very friendly. Well, I've always found them very friendly. Sometimes too friendly. But uh, no, it's nice. I think that's nice. I mean, I think in London we're a bit repressed. That's not because we're Londoners. I mean, I'm not a cockney, as you can probably imagine. I don't talk cockney. I'm just a person who works in London for the past... I worked it out the other day. I was sitting in a taxi. Black taxi, of course. And, um, and I was going... Where was I going? I was going somewhere. And um, I remember thinking, I know London so well now because I've been driving in London for more than 40 years. Doesn't seem possible, does it? I have to keep pinching myself to go, have you really been driving in London for 40 years? Yep, certainly have. Certainly have. So I know lots of roads. I know lots of little turnings. I know lots of little cut-throughs and stuff like that. I know these things. It's just because I'm sort of... Because I've, I've been driving here for so long. And because I work on the radio in London. So I'm constantly listening to the, the updates on the travel bulletins. The other day, of course, we had problems with our trains. But then it was thought, mercifully, we don't have on our line, on South Western, these strikes which they seem to get on Southern and everything else. I think the RMT have called for another load of strikes. They just don't care about people. They really don't care. Perhaps they like the time off. I don't know. But they don't seem to care about the passengers who are paying everybody's wages. I don't think anybody really gives a stuff about you, ladies and gentlemen. It's a case you just have to make your, your best way there. You just have to sort of, you know, get your way through with whatever way you can. Daily Mail, front page. Martin McGuinness they've got. And then they've got pictures of, uh, of uh, Guildford, 1974. Enniskillen in 1987. Children covered in, in blood. And uh, it's, it's, uh, it's pages and pages inside the paper today. Uh, I hope he's in hell for all eternity. That's what Lord Tebbit 
says, uh, but from other people, words of praise from Tony Blair, Jeremy Corbyn, Bertie Ahern, Nicholas Sturgeon, Bill Clinton, John Major, Jerry Adams, Ian Paisley, you would expect, David Cameron, Alistair Campbell. Uh, there's also a soldier going on trial over a shooting 43 years ago. 43 years ago. Uh, uh, it's going to take place later this year. Uh, the judge has thrown out an attempted murder charge against a British Army veteran. But uh, this guy, Dennis Hutchings, will still go on trial for attempting to cause grievous bodily harm to John Pat Cunningham, who was shot dead in Northern Ireland in June 1974. If found guilty, the retired warrant officer, who's seriously ill, could be sentenced to up to 16 years in prison. But he's not going to make that, is he? He's not going to make that. And then, year by year, the carnage inflicted by McGuinness's IRA. Uh, 73 car bomb exploding outside the Old Bailey in London. 74... This was the uh, the two crowded Birmingham pubs. 21 people killed, 182 injured. Uh, 82, the nail bomb, which detonated in Hyde Park. Uh, it's all here, pictures, and uh, horrendous they are too. Uh, eight soldiers in their teens in 1988 were killed as a landmine is detonated under their unmarked bus. Uh, the um, The soldiers riding past in Hyde Park... 11 soldiers and 7 horses were killed. There's also the Brighton bombing, 1984 that was. 1984. 79 was Lord Mountbatten, uh, killed along with his wife, grandson and one other by a remote control bomb. I mean, you seriously have to ask yourself the question, who can see a family sitting in a boat and they push the button, which kills them? And that, I think, shocked people. Uh, also, I think uh, 18 British soldiers dying in two booby trap bombings at Warren Point. So it goes on. And behind the smile, say the, uh, the male, a mass murderer with menace in his eyes who only turned to peace when he was beaten. But we did get peace. At what cost? At what cost? Uh, then he wasn't going to meet the Queen. And then he did meet the Queen. And then Tim Parry's father said he met him. Not going to forgive him. But uh, he said he actually was able to uh, have a conversation with him. And Stephen Glover says, mentioning McGuinness in the same breath as Mandela, I really do despair. More of those uh, stories in the papers today. They're all a bit, they're a bit sort of swings and roundabouts, as you can well imagine. Uh, plus, do you remember we mentioned Tandy Newton the other day? Tandy Newton is the actress who was complaining there aren't enough black roles because it's all period drama and so she didn't feature in that. But uh, I see no reason why not. But I also pointed out at the time that you could equally complain if you're a black actor uh, or a Chinese actor or a Polish actor or a Vietnamese actor or an Indian actor. All of these things. There's not huge amounts of role for everybody. Um, so she was complaining. But then she comes up with something the other day which kind of takes her down a level. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to have you company. 27 minutes to six at Steve Allen's uh, early breakfast. Uh, Andy says, if the RMT didn't care about the passengers, they wouldn't be fighting for safer working practices for the passengers' benefit. A driver will never shut himself in his own doors if he can't see the platform properly, will he? Well, we've managed perfectly well on our one. They've managed perfectly well. I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, I don't really think about that. I mean, you know, the tube has done away with things like that. The driver does everything. It's all automatic. Go into other countries and even have drivers. It's always perfectly good. When was the last time we had a we had a major accident because somebody didn't shut the doors properly? I mean, that's the only argument I've got. Seems to work perfectly well on the Docklands Light Railway. Do they have somebody doing that there? No, it's all, all automatic. 
So, um, you know, it's all—it's always fair. It can all be done, Andy. It can all be done. It's just if people want to put up obstacles, you know, you'll always find a, an argument for it. John in Hendon says, you sound much better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think better after I get, um, after I get uh, some ice cream. I think that's going to be my saving grace, actually. Uh, somebody says, I've got clotted cream ice cream in my freezer. Clotted cream ice cream. Good Lord. Kind of defeats the object. I had ice cream in Barbados where it came in a little tub with jelly, sweets and sherbet. Sounds not so good, but it was nice. Best ice cream I've had was in Cornwall. Gooseberry flavour. Right. Tricia, actually the best ice cream we ever had was in Cornwall as well. We went down there years ago and on the way down, we were staying on a caravan site. Yes, we had a caravan. And, uh, and my parents were saying, you get yellow ice cream in Cornwall. And we were going, ooh, yellow ice cream. And we couldn't wait to see this yellow ice cream. Because up until then, we'd just seen white ice cream. Yellow ice cream was delicious. It was really lovely. But we didn't have it every day. We didn't have that sort of uh, money. John in Halifax, I think that's the building society, uh, says driving in London for 40 years. You're only 37. No, come on. A little bit older than 37. Not not much older than 37, but uh, a little bit older. Just a little bit. So this is the Tandy Newton story. A couple of days ago, she was complaining bitterly about the fact there was no work for black actors because of all the period dramas. And I didn't think there were that many period dramas around. And then I said, but there's probably as much work for black actors as there is for Vietnamese actors, for Asian actors, for Chinese actors, for gay actors, for lesbian actors. You know, all that. You can just... Everybody's in a minority nowadays. So I kind of... Especially she's just starting a new series. I thought she was protesting under necessarily. But anyway, she's revealed in a Sunday Times interview that her daughter, who's called Ripley, Ripley, who's 16, said to the Foreign Secretary, Boris Johnson, after meeting him in a cinema, hello, Mr. Johnson, my name is Ripley Parker, and I just wanted to tell you that you're a... And then she used a very, very rude word. She's 16. Tandy Newton says, I was so proud of her. What? What? I wonder really, writes Ephraim Hardcastle, what we would think of Mr Johnson as a parent if he expressed pride in one of his own children uttering this obscenity to Miss Newton. Oh, she'd be the first one screaming like a banshee, wouldn't she? Oh, how dare you speak to me like that? And yet she, she was so proud of her daughter. Oh, dear. I don't, uh, I don't uh, move her up the ladder, I'm afraid now, Tandy. You've gone down the ladder. Down the ladder. A bit like snakes and ladders. Uh, also, out of the shadows, the girl groomed by an Asian gang who had an abuser's baby at the age of 15... And uh, her abuser has been jailed for 35 years. Uh, 23 offences. Some as young as 11, this pervert, gone to prison. And uh, he's in there now. His two brothers, this particular man, who's called Ashid Hussein, his two brothers were jailed for 25 years and 19 years, respectively, for horrific child sex crimes. His uncle was found guilty of conspiracy to rape. Uh, Luckily, this uh, Ashid is now... Severely disabled. Good. Good. I'm very pleased. Very, very pleased. He was shot in the stomach in 2005. I mean, Rotherham Council, uh, just totally useless. Totally useless. This went on for years. People too frightened to say anything. Luckily, it's all coming out now. But imagine in the same family, guilty of rape of of an 11-year-old. Can't even begin to comprehend these sort of things. Um, Cat Dealey's unfair. The waiter, whose name is Joseph Bezenek, he hit out at her Twitter rant. Yes, she's obviously not the pleasant person we were led to believe. So she gets a rough deal in a restaurant. Uh, she calls the manager a moron. Uh, she complains on Twitter. She only has to pay half the bill. Doesn't leave a tip for the waiter. And uh, she's advised all her Twitter people not to go there. 
which is obviously deeply unpleasant, and not the happy-go-lucky... Oh, I'm Cat Dealey. She's married to that ghastly, unfunny comedian, Patrick Kilty. I think they're best suited, actually. On Facebook page, the restaurant said they tried to ease her pain. Representatives for Miss Dealey were trying to be contacted. She wrote it. She wrote it. Obviously, she didn't think that the waiter was worth money. Not even worth giving a tip. She got the meal for $100. She was with uh, with friends. She obviously thinks she's a big star or something. Obviously, I've missed the point with Cat Dealey. They are bringing back SMTV, but it's for a one-off, thank God. And, uh, oh, baby, you look familiar. And uh, these are uh, babies who turned into unattractive people. People like, um, this is a puckamucker. This is Jamie Oliver. Uh, Also, Ken Dodd, a diddy double he's got here. There's uh, somebody who's like a double for Boris Johnson. There's also uh, Nigel Farage, double. Harry Styles. Harry Styles has got an album coming out. Who's going to buy that? Who's going to buy that? They've all got albums coming out, except Niall Horan, who's recorded one, but decided wisely to actually uh, not release it into the unsuspecting public, which is, uh, which is good news. The, uh, the new jail's planning to house 5,000 prisoners. God, we've got a problem, haven't we? God, we've got a problem in this country. There's more people in courts every, every day. You know, you never have a day where they go into the courts and they go... Um, uh, nothing today. We haven't got any any people up on any charges. Every day. 13 courts at Isleworth. I only tell you that one because it's the only one that I uh, I know. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. Uh, somebody says, I'm live in Atlanta. How lovely. How lovely. And uh, another one here. It says, uh, uh, this should read, this is the new prisons, four new holiday camps are being built. Because they get everything in prison, don't they, now? You get a bit of exercise, you get your meals, you get to meet other men if you're gay. And if you're transgender, you can have an NHS operation for 10,000 quid, get transferred to a female prison. But uh, unfortunately, the ex-wife of this man who featured on the front pages of the papers the other day says uh, he's pulling a fast one. He's pulling a fast one. He's He's a rapist, convicted rapist. So now he's had a sex change and he's gone to a women's prison. Not really the best thing, I thought. But there you go. Let's wait and see how that one pans out, shall we? Uh, The cars. Do you have an offending car? Diesel cars pumping out nine times. Nine times the limit for harmful emissions. At number 10, Mercedes. Number nine, Peugeot. Kia, Citroen, Ford, Hyundai, Renault, Land Rover, Nissan. And the top one, Jeep. Jeep is the worst one to have, a Jeep. So if you're, if you're diesel, the newer models um, are well, not really slightly better, actually. This is from Witch Magazine, incidentally. So I always trust Witch Magazine. Whenever they actually do something, I always think at least they put their heart and soul into it. And uh, the newer models, the official limit is 0.08G nitrous oxide per km. And uh, they've got, oh dear, everything's in here again. The DS automobiles, Vauxhall, Mazda, Jaguars, they're all there. Having told us years ago to buy diesel cars because they were better. Uh, diesel was going to be cheaper. All of a sudden, diesel's gone through the roof. And, um, and but now, now people are being told, don't buy diesel cars. Ridiculous. I mean, I don't think they make my car in a diesel. I wouldn't have bought it anyway. We used to have diesel cars at LBC. The official LBC cars were diesel. And uh, they was, I loved driving them. I think they were Frontiers or something like that. They were lovely, all logoed up. Uh, slightly noisier than other vehicles, but we didn't really care, actually. I thought they were brilliant. Uh, Also, um, he's died. Colin Dexter, the man who created the curmudgeonly detective Morse in his own image. Um, And he also made cameo roles 
in malls used to pop up in quite a few of them, a bit like Alfred Hitchcock did. Remember, Alfred Hitchcock used to feature in all of his films. Every film he made, there would be Alfred Hitchcock doing a little, um, a little sort of little cameo appearance, which I just think was quite cute, actually. I love it. Uh, there's also the twins. Do you remember the twins who fell to their death? And uh, this was in... Um, where were they? I think it was on the, uh, the White Cliffs, actually. They were on the White Cliffs uh, of Dover. They fell 200 feet from the top, but it turned out that they had with them their parents' ashes. Do you remember that story? I think it was the ashes thing. And they didn't get over... They were 59. They didn't get over the, the death of their parents. So Muriel and Bernard Burgess were found at the bottom of the landmark. The ashes of their parents were in the rucksacks carried by the pair, both keen walkers, but um, it's, we're not sure still if it was a tragic accident or they intended to take their own lives. Either way, it was, uh, it was terribly sad, terribly sad that they died, but they had their, their parents' ashes in the backpacks. I mean, they might have been near the edge to sort of to scatter them. I don't know. And I don't think anybody else knows, I'm afraid. Bad news as well. I must, <coughs> must mention this one because it's quite funny. She may have presented X Factor and Love Island, but uh, unfortunately nobody knows who Caroline Flack is. And the reason I say that is because she gets off a, uh, a flight after a holiday in Egypt, met at the airport uh, by a driver for the company Addison Lee, who misspelt her name on the board. Caroline Slack, they put her down as. She laughed it off, apparently. Well, somebody must have told them. I'm assuming she did. Or agent. Well, that's a good story. Let's go for that one. And that's, uh, that's how these things work nowadays, isn't it? Uh, other stories coming up from the, uh, the newspapers very shortly. 84850. Steve at lbc.co.uk. And um, somebody says, you don't need to fly. Just go to Skegness. We don't know anything about Skegness. I just know it's a seaside resort. And, and I think I've been there. But apart from that, I cannot remember. Still to come, how to reduce stress and wrinkles. And Michelle Collins hits out at Silver Spoon Actors. It's sort of pushing everybody else down. It's these posh actors who get all these roles. Not in EastEnders, they don't. Not in EastEnders. And Freddie Flintoff calls for footballers to take a pay cut. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. It's ever so embarrassing, isn't it? Poor old, as I said earlier on this morning, poor old Ruth Langsford uh, was doing uh, Loose Women the other day, and somebody started coughing. Actually, it reminded me. I was watching one of the news bulletins on the television the other day, and they cut to this reporter. I forget what he was covering. And he coughed. He went, <coughs> sorry. And, um, and the, uh, the presenter back in the studio said, that's OK. He then obviously developed what I've got, which is this cough. He couldn't stop coughing. He was trying to get through this, uh, this report. And he looked fine, because you look fine. It's just that you can't stop the tickle. And um, and he, he was having coughing fits all over the place. You could see he was trying to suppress it. But the trouble is, the more you try and suppress it, the worse it becomes. The worse it becomes. And it was, um, you know, really embarrassing for him. And then somebody in the Loose Women audience coughed. Obviously to shut them up, I should imagine. Anyway, nobody does anything. The sort of runners in the studio standing there looking a bit gormless and vacant. And obviously studio floor manager, whoever that was, doing nothing at all. Perhaps sitting there taking selfies. And... Um, and so Ruth Langsford has to get from behind the stage where she is to give her glass of water to this woman in the audience who's coughing. That's how useless the backstage... Oh, I'd have fired them left, right and centre if I was executive producer. I'm sorry, who's the producer on this day? Why has nobody got any water? We'd be standing around like idiots. It's television. It's like if I, if I was coughing through this programme, it would soon become very annoying. But luckily I'm only coughing when we go to the breaks, which is good. And it's good. It's sort of... It, 
Sorry, it's very annoying. Well, it's very annoying for the producer, I realise, because you have to listen to it. But uh, all you've got to do is turn turn the sound down. It's not complicated. It's something even you could manage. You know, I don't think you need an O level for that. Just turn the sound down, turn it back up again. Turn the sound... You know, it's, it's easy. Uh, EastEnders, Michelle, thank you. This is Michelle Collins. A sit-out at Silver Spoon Actors. Freezing out working-class kids. I didn't think you could move for working-class kids. I watched the programme the other day on the television, and it's something to do with porn. And it's a, a company in this country, and you go there if you've got something to pawn. And this one of the blokes on there had a train, a miniature train in his garden with carriages and everything. And he wanted, I think, about 175,000. If I had the land, I'd have bought the blooming thing. It was super. But uh, they had difficulty selling it because obviously not everybody can accommodate a train. You know, if you live in a flat, not much point. Because this thing is a narrow gauge railway, but you can get two people into the carriage, but you're really like friendly. Really friendly, you know, be like sort of sitting with sort of Clyde Bull's producer or something, you know, trying to sort of, you know, sort of make the thing go. Anyway, but the bloke who runs the thing, the bloke who runs the agency where people go in and pawn things, um, uh, is about is a, is is one of those wide boy. Why? Why? He's a bit like that. They've got a bloke an ideal word. Why? He's a market trader, quite clearly. Can't believe he could have been anything else. But this bloke who runs this thing then it's uh, issued an edict. All the people in the company had to wear black and white. Except him. He's the only one who doesn't wear black and white, so he doesn't even follow his own plans. And he's a bit of a wide boy, but what they do is they go to get the jewellery valued by that very, very camp antique dealer called Ian, who I think works in Camden, covered in jewellery. He's, I mean, he is beyond camp. I mean, seriously, I can't tell you anything else about him. I can't remember his name. I just know it's Ian. And he knows all about jewellery, but he is so camp. I mean, it's literally taken it to another level. And just makes me die laughing. But he knows about jewellery. He's covered in it. He's covered in jewellery. And they used him on the television for a while. And then for some reason, they, they stopped using him. Perhaps people complained, went, oh, he's too camp. But I think he's brilliant. And he's got a, a practice. Well, he's got a shop. And he values stuff for this, uh, this pawn shop. And they were trying to flog some Tanzanite the other day. He, this poor boy's mother had uh, bought it. They loaned money against it. But they did say that Tanzanite wasn't the, uh, the sort of the sought-after gem that it used to be. This was a particularly big ring. But uh, most of the other rubbish that you're buying on the jewellery channels, it's not. Don't, don't ever worry about it. There is a shortage uh, of Tanzanite, but only for the big stones, the little stuff. It's uh, just not worth bothering about. So, uh, so Michelle Collins says that uh, the working-class kids get pushed out. But it doesn't really matter, does it? I mean, I've never actually thought about it as to uh, why. She says, if you're connected, you get an internship, a tradieship or something similar. But if you're a working-class kid, what chance have you got? Well, that's where all, this, all the schools came from. That's the, they, they were all taking them, all the, the early stage schools for all the kids in the East End, Anna Share and places like that. They were taking ordinary kids. And in fact, I believe even in Coronation Street, they were literally one of the um, one of the producers up there would late, literally take somebody off the street if it was a particular look they were looking for. You didn't have to be an actor. Let's face it, poor old Laura Whitmore struggling around uh, the world at the moment, sort of giving her acting. She's not really an actor, but she sort of does it. And um, and lots of people do that. They go, I think I'll be an actor because you don't actually need to be an actor nowadays. You just need to have the ability to remember some lines and you read them. And if it's on television, I'm assuming she can read. And um, and she just sort of reads the lines and gives forth. People go, oh, it's Laura Whitmore. I think she's touring with Shane Ritchie, who's, you know, a past master at things like that. But no, at all the stage schools, it was working class kids. That's what they took. And that's why people like that rawness. And they're putting having somebody posh in EastEnders. 
you know, you're looking for, obviously, you know, posh people, I think, are on the way out. You know, it's it's that middle class sort of person they like. And they do like the working class. But the, the moment somebody said that, I thought, I remember this guy from this porn programme. And he's about as working class as they get. Well, he sounds, it's either lazy or it's estuary English. It's a bit like um, Jamie Oliver, isn't it? Jamie Oliver's parents are terribly posh. And he's like, you know, sort of mockney kind of thing, you know, like Jack, get in here and chuck this on there and shush it around with your hands and get a whizzy, whizzy, bang, bang, and all this kind of stuff. And we all go, oh, it's so funny. <laughs> we still wanted to learn how to do it. Uh, Julia says, <coughs> excuse me, I moved to Skegness over two years ago from London. I'm two minutes from the beach and it's great. That's the good thing about Skegness, isn't it? You open your front door and the seas come right up, right up to it. You watch very, very shortly, you'll be floating out to sea. Julia, two minutes to the beach. Don't worry, the beach will soon be with you. Uh, Steve, for sore throats and dry coughs, I recommended a, I recommend a, spoon, a, sorry, a spoonful of natural sunflower grapeseed or almond oil. It's soothing and helps to lubricate moisture and heal. Well, there you go. We're all in favour of moisturising and healing. We like that idea. Uh, but uh, no, ice, ice cream is going to be the thing. Ice cream is going to... I'm convinced that ice cream is going to be the thing. Uh, for me, on to uh, Colleen Nolan... Her agent says, the truth is, she needs some time away from the spotlight. Good. Well, keep her away from the spotlight then. Let's see how long it lasts. Her nine-year marriage to Ray was hanging on by a thread. Uh, since then, her son Jake and her, his fiancée, Jesse Nelson, have split up. She's off with somebody else. She's found somebody far more entertaining than, uh, than your son. Uh, with so much going on in the family, she wanted to be at home. So that's why she's cancelled all her appearances. Or what appearances? Is that just on, on Loose Women? Unless she's got other gigs going on. It's all a bit bizarre. But anyway, no, of course you should do that. You know, if you want to really save your marriage, don't just sort of bleat on about it. You've got to make the effort and, uh, and you've, got to, you've got to sort of get on with it and do it. I'm sure it's far more important. The money will, will last. You can come back into it later on. OK. Former soldier who bit off part of a man's ear. They were out in a pub. He thought this bloke had bumped into him. Uh, this is in uh, Aberystwyth, I think, in West Wales. Uh, he'd been to a fancy dress party. And uh, he was dressed as Colonel Gaddafi. Hilariously funny, I can well imagine. And he's been jailed. This is Geraint Jones. Was so drunk, he attacked the wrong man in revenge for being shoved at a pub. Um, he bit his ear. He bit the lobe off. And the doctors couldn't, um, couldn't actually uh, put it back together again, so he didn't get it. Anyway, he's been jailed for 16 months. Good. I'd have made it about five years. I don't think 16 months is enough. So you're just bitten off part of somebody's ear because you were drunk. No, you go to prison for five years. That's it, minimum. I think there has to be. All these things now, 16 months. What's the point of that? It'll be out in a few months. Uh, Dean says, I've seen Laura and Shane. I enjoyed the play. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Some people's standards aren't as high as other people's, are they, really? I only mention it, actually, just to wind the producer up because he likes, he likes Laura Whitmore a lot. She's obviously a big favourite I think because he likes the accent. He loves the Irish accent. Somebody, I've, I've tried to go, how are you? And uh, it doesn't work the same with him. It's not the same. But he likes Laura Whitmore. He hasn't actually bought tickets to, uh, to see the play. He's hoping that she'll hear this and she'll send him a pair of free tickets so he can go there and, uh, and just sit there and go, I love you, I love you. And then hang around the stage door. Mind you, don't, don't worry, actually, Laura. He's got quite a few people that he likes. You're not the only one. There's a blooming cast list. There really is. Um, before Noel Fielding teams up with Sandy Toxvick on the Great British Bake Off, um, he'll be joining forces with Jonathan Ross for, uh, for a charity event. Uh, the programme, which he's doing with Jonathan, will, will showcase hysterical performances 
and silly songs. Fantastic beats and where to find them. And uh, Noel Fielding. But nobody knows who he is. Nobody knows who he is. Seriously, you ask people around the country. Who's, I mean, let's face it, Mary Berry's never, never heard of him. Why would she? When do you think the last time Mary Berry went to a comedy club? And you wouldn't have seen him anyway. He doesn't seem to do comedy clubs because nobody could even tell you what his, uh, what his comedy is. I don't, you know, I, I couldn't pigeonhole him. I don't, I don't know what sort of thing it is. I just know that it wouldn't be something I'd be buying um, tickets for anytime soon. And he only turned over 300 grand last year, which for a comedian is not very much at all. Most of that would probably be TV appearances. Perhaps it's to try and generate some sort of interest. Uh, the tech-savvy iPhone generation is pretty clueless about DIY. More than half of the under-25s do not know how to put up wallpaper. Wallpaper? Who puts up wallpaper? Nobody does wallpaper nowadays, do they? And roughly half confess to being baffled about wiring a plug. Dear, even I can wire plugs. I've been able to wire plugs for ages and ages. But it turns out that the iPhone generation can't do anything. Yet you can operate an iPhone. You can operate an iPhone. You can, whereas I'm not very good with operating the iPhone. Via go-go, no show, it's tout of order. Yes, they were called to a common select committee. They couldn't be bothered to turn up. So uh, perhaps you can't be bothered to buy tickets for it, but you do. And they were calling them to order to find out why there's such uh, a huge increase on tickets. But uh, as I say, they couldn't really be bothered to, uh, to go there. Uh, the gift shops that are a higher rateable value than Harrods. Martin McGuinness, <clears throat> all the tributes today. The papers are somewhat divided. You either get the fact that he's a murderer... Uh, or a coward, or a combination of both, and uh, they highlight all the atrocities over the years. Uh, the cleaning spray, you can use right to the bitter end. How living couples worry more about their partner's commitments. Uh, Anne, princess, clashed with Charles, prince, saying we need GM crops. Oh, and at last they're going to build some new prisons. Obviously so many crooks in the country, we need to get them banged up as quick as possible. That's good news. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to have your company. Four minutes past six. It's Wednesday, the 22nd of March. The papers are full of Martin McGuinness. We covered it yesterday on LBC. In fact, the moment the news broke, uh, we were there and uh, we talked about it. As I say, we got loads of text messaging yesterday. Most of them are completely unusable. Completely unusable. You weren't, uh, you weren't particularly bothered that Martin McGuinness had died. The papers seem to be very much divided as well this morning. You've got Lord Tebbit on one hand saying he was a murderer and a coward, and then other people saying that he brokered the peace deal and that he did an awful lot, and uh, hopefully we've got peace. Uh, it'll be interesting, uh, as Declan Harvey said yesterday to us, watching the funeral, which I'm assuming they think it's going to be this week. They think it'll, uh, well, tomorrow's Thursday, might be a bit soon. They could be Friday, though, as to whether or not there will be anybody from the paramilitary there firing the traditional shots, which they generally do at funerals. So that'll be very interesting. We'll be watching that one. You'll hear about it first on, uh, on LBC. So all the papers are running with that today because yesterday they'd already printed the papers. Um, uh, the gift shops that are rated higher than Harrods. It's really bizarre, honestly. It's a bit of a, bit of a postcode lottery, I think. Uh, plus Michelle Collins hitting out at Silver Spoon actors. Actually, I have to disagree with her. There's not as many as there used to be. There used to be a lot of sort of actors who'd come up through uh, public schools and stuff like that. Nowadays, I think a lot of people come from stage schools. There is enough work for working class actors because that's what they're looking for. In fact, if you look at most of the voiceover agencies, it's sort of people who sound as if they're sort of a bit rough from the streets kind of thing. And you see it more and more on television. More and more on television, there are sort of present. Let's face it, if, if Sally Jacks and uh, some other bloke on Ideal World can get gigs sounding the way they do, there must be, uh, must be hope for just about everybody, I should imagine. 
the couple killed in their souped-up Ford Fiesta. We remember the story because it happened in December. They were found outside her house. Uh, he'd modified the car. Unfortunately, he'd modified it but left a gap between the exhaust and all it did. They left the car running. If only they turned the car engine off outside her house when he dropped her off at 4.30 in the morning. They were found six and a half hours later because the car fumes from the exhaust had just come straight in through the filtration system because he'd taken out the catalytic converter for reasons best known to himself. And so that's what it was. And what happens is that you just go to sleep. You just get very drowsy and very tired and you just close your eyes. So they might have been chatting and then gradually they just sort of went to sleep and uh, it killed them in the six and a half hours, which is uh, some salutary advice there. Do not modify cars. They're not meant to be modified. They're made to a specific way and there's a reason for it. Uh, the UK flight ban on the laptops in the terror alert. This is after America announced that they were going to ban people using them. I think you could put them in the hold. I think that's that's uh, what they were saying. You could put them in the, but I mean, if it was a laptop that was going to, pardon the expression, blow up, it doesn't matter whether it's in the hold or whether it's somebody holding it, does it really? Does that make any difference? Either way, somebody's going to cause terror on a plane. But uh, we don't want to sort of, you know, run and jump before anything's happened. But they're... They'd, I'd have thought they'd done this ages ago, to be honest with you, because most businessmen who are flying the Atlantic are taking their laptops so they can do work whilst they're going over. That's the whole idea, isn't it? That's the whole idea. You go over there, you see people. The moment the plane takes... In fact, even before the plane takes off, people are on their laptops and they're doing business work. If all of a sudden they say, well, you can't because your laptop's going to be in the hold, what are they going to do? They won't be able to do the work that they thought they were able to do. So you can take a mobile phone on board. They don't have a problem with that. Um, and a few other devices, but you can't take laptops. I don't, I don't quite understand why they think you can get something in a laptop, but you can't get it in a mobile phone. I mean, you really can get it in a mobile phone. Everything can be miniaturised nowadays. And in fact, I think Clive Bull had a guest on the other night, and he was saying exactly the same thing. Why on earth have they brought this, this ruling in? It doesn't make the slightest sense. Really doesn't. Uh, so we're going <clears> to <throat> we're going to look at that a little bit later on. I think probably Nick Ferrari will be doing that a bit later on. Uh, plus, of course, we've got that uh, that weather system. Honestly, we're mad for weather in this country. One half of the country has got snow. The other half of the country has got uh, brilliant sunshine. Luckily, we were the bit with brilliant sunshine up north. Got the uh, the snow. Uh, also, the victim who was wearing uh, a niqab. Uh, the man who ripped it off for is a, is a convicted thug. He's not a very pleasant person. And she said, don't, don't jail him. Don't jail him. Uh, because he's, uh, she said he doesn't understand, he just doesn't know. So that seems quite a nice thing to say, doesn't it, really? Quite a nice thing. Uh, also Adele. I like the idea that Ant and Deck are appealing on LBC's news for Adele to go on their programme. They've obviously had no joy whatsoever by doing the usual route. Somebody, you know, researcher. Hello? Researcher, Ant, Ant and Deck's programme. Does Adele want to do it? You can just see that, can't you? That'd be like it is on Loose Women. <laughs> so have we got any water in the studio? Yeah, we'll find some. We'll find some. Um, new jails to be built. Four, I believe, in the country. We're obviously passing so many people through. And at the moment, because the jails are full to capacity, they've got nowhere to put people. I think just chain them up down in the Albert Dock or something in Liverpool or chain them up here in, in London and uh, and just leave them. Make it so much easier, wouldn't it, really? But they're going to build four new jails at a cost of God knows how many billion. And then they have to find staff. And then we'll be worrying all over again about how quickly you can get a phone into a jail and drugs. And the answer is fairly quickly nowadays. Fairly quickly. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. 
And uh, Steve, I've taught my daughter to cook uh, and to iron and to use the washer. I'm next going to teach her to check the drains, where the stopcock is and how to change fuses. See, I think that's a brilliant idea. I mean, far better to educate children in that way. You know, how to, how to change the fuse in a plug, how to turn the water off. You know, that's very good. Somebody says Martin McGuinness to be buried tomorrow, which is Thursday. We either thought tomorrow or we thought, um, or we thought Friday. It's going to happen fairly, fairly quickly. That we do know. Sunny in Skegness today, Steve, says uh, Julia. Thank you very much indeed. And um, it's another one here. This is about a refugee who came to this country and uh, we gave them status. They became a British citizen. Unfortunately, they turned into a people smuggler. And uh, so, not so good, is it, really? Not so good. Mel B is going to divorce. The marriage has been rocky, they say, for about, uh, well, a few years. And they were arguing and uh, it's just reached the end of the line. I think the truth of the matter is she obviously wants to go in a different direction to Stephen Belafonte. And uh, she's got her money which she made for the Spice Girls, and then she's probably added to it. I hope so. And so she's, uh, she's decided she doesn't want to keep him any longer. It's a little bit like, uh, like Jordan issuing a directive to put her poor little put-upon husband, uh, Mr Kieran Haler. She wants him to get a job. Well, in fact, actually, she wants him to be a celebrity. But as every time we've seen him, he's got about as much personality as a plank. I don't think there's much danger of that happening anytime soon. And somebody else said that, like it was sort of the way forward. Um, I think you better be a celebrity. That's that ghastly woman who we keep featuring on the free podcast, who's always got her boobs hanging out and everything else. It's really disgusting. And she says her, her daughter's been on Love Island, and she thinks she wants to be a celebrity now. She's seen the way it's gone for her mother. Dear Lord, you need to read my book first of all. It won't last... It won't last. And then you'll end up being a saddo like Chantel or Chanel or any of these other people where sort of life passes you by and all of a sudden people go, oh, God, it's another Daniela Westbrook. Uh, so the weather's so grim up north. It's the old joke, isn't it? And uh, Mel B and Mr Belafonte. Uh, apparently he demanded romps five times every day. Heavens above, honestly. I mean, that's just enough to send anybody round the bend, isn't it? Ian says, I saw an advert last night for today's Loose Women. Well, one of them is pre-recorded. I can't remember which one it is. It could be today's or it could be tomorrow's where they, they pre-record one or two of them. And so that's why they then leak stories, which are going to be on the programme. So you watch it. Because I often wondered how they were managing to leak a story about a programme that hadn't been aired. But uh, the other day, disgraceful that nobody in the studio managed to think about getting water apart from Ruth Langsford. You know, the only person with half a brain cell. Obviously, the studio management are just totally useless down there. Like most of the stories they're doing at the moment, it's real pitiful stuff. Excuse me. Ah, lovely. Uh, so somebody's selling a bag of air from an Adele concert. I mean, somebody will buy it. Because let's face it, you're not going to open the bag, are you? In case it disappears. So somebody's gone there. It's for $14.95. In Australia. Somebody will buy it. I promise you, somebody will buy that. It's like me sort of taking a, a cigarette. Not that I smoke, but if I did, and blowing it into a bag and then sealing the top of the bag. How long the smoke would stay there before it sort of evaporated? I wonder, you know, you could have sort of smoke that's... I'm, I'm a, let's try that, actually. I'm not going to smoke, quite clearly. And um, John says, if you want to put up wallpaper, ask George Osborne. He'll help you at a price. Uh, somebody's back from uh, Romania... Back home for a few days, but listening to LBC just makes my day. I like the idea of that. LBC makes your morning. LBC makes your day. It's the best way. Best way. Uh, so Anton Deck appealing on the LBC News. They want um, 
they actually want Adele on their programme. Doesn't everybody? And uh, we'll go through the laptops banned on the flights into Britain and now going out of Britain as well. They're going to stop them. And the only thing you better take on will be your telephone. But as I say, if they seriously believe, as that bloke on Clive, obviously Clive's producer set this uh, guest up the other day on the programme, who was talking about it's a ridiculous idea to ban laptops and yet let people use mobile phones. Very good guest booking. Very good guest booking. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Um, somebody says, Steve, Ian Towning. This is the guy who used to be... He was on the television, one of the antique dealers, covered in jewellery. And they use him on this posh porn thing. He is, he is beyond camp. I mean, seriously, it, it, he's so far beyond camp. It's, it's, we're in another, another dimension. He said he's a good friend of mine. He'll be chuffed with the mention. He's based in the King's Road in Chelsea. Well, I think he's great. I think he's great. I mean, it's just... He, it's, he's so camp. He makes Judge Rinder look semi-butch. But, uh, no, he's, he's actually... I think he's lovely. I think he's absolutely wonderful. I don't know why they don't keep using him um, on television. Maybe it's because somebody went, oh, he's very effeminate. But I thought, he's, he isn't. But he knows everything about jewellery. He's very... Mainly because he's wearing most of it. But, no, I think he's lovely. You can tell him I love him to pieces. Um, uh, somebody says, Steve, I get dressed in my sleep. I'm starting really, really odd dreams at the moment and I know you're supposed to you can get dreams analyzed I don't want them um um Sam Spiegel is a French actor writer and musician and he's obviously something to do I think he's the hotel manager when uh, when Joan Collins went on tour because I used to know somebody else uh, called Spiegel whose dad did the film The African Queen I thought that was Sam Spiegel but, uh, I used to see him in London all the time. Chris says, happiest people, me, me. He says, I'm from Newcastle. Oh, we did that one earlier on when he said he's not at all like uh, Geordie Shaw. God, I mean, that would be really depressing, wouldn't it? If, if everybody was like Geordie. I think what they do for Geordie Shaw, the same as Towie, is they just find naff people. And they put them on the television and they're designed. Because no point in putting somebody on the television who's beige. It's got to be somebody who annoys you. So anybody like Spencer Matthews is a complete irritant. You know, that's why poor old Spencer Matthews, the best programme he can get is a programme with no audience like The Jump, which he won. But as I say, there's no audience for it. It was, it was just, you know, it should have been closed down years and years ago. Um, here's an interesting one. I, I quite like this in the newspapers today. This is uh, Britons have revealed their favourite out of well-known double acts. So in other words, they've been out and they've asked them about uh, Morecambe and Wise... Uh, and people like Grant Mitchell and Phil Mitchell, of which one you like the most? Who is the most popular? And so Mel Gidroich and Sue Perkins are practically neck and neck, 28 and 27%. Next up, Ernie and Bert from Sesame Street. And I think you will find that Ernie is the most popular. Noel Gallagher and Liam, oh dear, they're still rowing. They were rowing the other day. I can't remember who rowed. Somebody said, oh, being fake again, wearing his street clothes. Don't worry, he'll go home and put on Prada. But uh, Noel Gallagher, he gets uh, 34%. Liam only gets 11 Grant Mitchell is more popular than Phil Mitchell. 43% for Grant. 20% for Phil. Ronnie Barker and Ronnie Corbett. Ronnie Barker gets 45%. Ronnie Corbett, 20 Isn't that funny? I thought that would have been the other way around. I really did. Frank Skinner and David Baddiel. Frank gets 50%, David Baddiel 16%, Eric Morecambe 51%, Ernie Wise 7%, Batman 64%, Robin 13%, Scooby-Doo 67%, and Shaggy 
16%. And Ant and Deck. Who do you think is the most popular out of Ant and Deck? The most popular one is Deck at 24%. Ant gets 17%. So uh, so Deck is the most popular. Deck is sort of the uh, the sort of the pretty one. Which makes which makes the other one sound as though he's not pretty, but you know what I mean. He's the sort of the prettier one out of the two. The one that's sort of cutesy cutesy and people go, He's so cute. You could take him home to your mother, couldn't you? That's exactly what people want to do with him. Um so he's he's the he's the cutest out of the two, which is very interesting. Uh, the weather grim up north, that runs in a lot of the papers today. They're they're trying desperately, sort of try and work out why it's so bad up north and why down south we're um we're sort of basking in sunshine. And as today is a basking in sunshine kind of a day, we must like, actually, I, I never cease to be amazed that you arrive here in the dark. By the time we finish the programme, it's, uh, it's light outside. Makes it difficult for you going home to bed, doesn't it, really? Because you go home and you're sort of feeling a bit tired, but everybody else is awake because they've already been to bed and getting up there. But it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter. You live to fight another day. Yeah, you have what? Have a, an eye mask. An attractive feature. Uh, Spiegel uh, was a musician on the Billy Cotton Band Show back on the day, says Peter. Really? Good Lord. And uh, Steve, they're building new prisons. And uh, so that's good. Yeah, four. They're building four prisons and Pete's off to Somerset. Why, I can't imagine, but somebody's got to go there. It's a nice day, isn't it? Nice day for travelling. If you're going to travel, go early. Go early. Poor old um, Bake Off judge Mary Berry says she's never heard of Noel Fielding. As I say, in keeping with the, with the rest of the countries, nobody's heard of him at all. Seriously, I mean, if you ask anybody, of her age, why would she have heard of him? Why would she have heard of him? Uh, also, she's never had a takeaway, so they've rounded on her for that. But she's a cook. That's what she's on the television for. She cooks. She doesn't need to go and buy a takeaway. That would be stupid. That's like being a coal miner and you, you sort of go and buy coal. Doesn't work, does it, really? And no pie soggy bottom. She's done a, a pie with no bottom to it, which, of course, you can do quite easily. Pie does not mean it's got to have a bottom and a top. It doesn't mean that at all, because you get lemon meringue pie, which doesn't have a top over it, and you get lots of pies all over the place. Fisherman's pies are just the top bit. Not the, it's not a, not a pie as such, but it's called fisherman's pie. Uh, what else we got here? And uh, Sue says, I like Ian, although he's very camp. Is he gay? I've got no idea. No idea. Not a clue. Not a clue. I mean, I would probably guess yes, but I mean, I've been wrong before. God knows I've been wrong before. I remember years ago I had a producer and um, I was totally convinced he was gay. Totally convinced he was gay. And he was very, very... I thought he was very, very camp. Very camp. And so we, we go out for breakfast. He said, let's go out for breakfast. We go out for this breakfast. And halfway through breakfast, he starts talking about... These, these exercise classes he's going off to. And I went, oh, yeah, right, right. Thinking, God, he's obviously fit as well. And he goes, yeah, I go with my wife. I nearly fell off the chair. Seriously. So I don't know if Ian is gay or not. I'm assuming yes, but, you know, erring on the side of caution, he might not be. Uh, Mick says, just going to have the best breakfast ever. Fried bread with baked beans and a runny fried egg on top. Yuck, yuck, yuck. The one thing we don't do is runny eggs. I'm sorry, we cannot do... Runny eggs. It's just not right at all, I'm afraid. Runny eggs should be uh, banned. They should send them somewhere. I can't remember. Oh, we found another teenager who shouldn't be allowed on the roads. Uh, this one here. He's never passed his driving test. He's a bit stupid. And he's just committed in two months. His name is Victor Sibthorpe. Um, in one incident, when he was 17, he tried to flee the police, but ended up wedging a car between a house 
and a skip. He then reversed out at speed and crashed into two parked cars, injuring a man and a schoolboy, later admitting failing to stop and dangerous driving, plus 11 counts each of driving whilst disqualified, driving with no insurance and driving with no licence. The dad from Manchester, he really is a stupid one here, so he's got no money at all. He's a menace. So he's had 35 driving crimes in two months. That's how difficult it is for the police. Eventually, I mean, he should have been thrown in prison. He should have been thrown in prison. But um, all he's done here... Oh, he's been jailed. He has been jailed for 16 months. It's not enough, is it? He'll come out and just carry on doing it because he's one of life's thickos. He doesn't know. He just doesn't understand. You know, if you're going to be on the road, you've got to have passed a test. But he didn't have anything at all. No licence. No insurance, no nothing, but he's able to get a girl pregnant. How sad. What a, what, you, can, you can predict the way his life is going, can't you? That'll be downhill, ladies and gentlemen. Um, the uh, story about uh, a couple, they had a neighbour arrested. Do you remember we've, we've told you before about disputes with neighbours? If you have a dispute with a neighbour and it escalates, it can go completely out of hand and it can be something ludicrous. Uh, for example, a Leylandi tree or parking in the wrong place. You know, some people are very unsympathetic to other people's plights. Anyway, this particular couple here, they had a neighbour arrested for singing a Jimi Hendrix song. I mean, I also thought it was slightly odd. Uh, this <coughs> couple claimed that this person who was singing the Jimi Hendrix song also threatened to shoot them. They had a boundary dispute. Um... He was practising uh, Hendrix's Hey Joe, which, you know, people who remember Hendrix will remember that song very well indeed. But um, uh, the Tunbridge Wells County Court ruled the couple, who come from Etchingham, had harassed Mr Simu, who was the man who, um, who they, they claim was singing these songs and threatening to shoot them. They'd been left with a bill, a legal bill, of half a million pounds. I mean, they, they're, they're going to take it, they say, onto another level. But, you know, once these things escalate, you know how easy it is. If you lose a case, you get to pay their legal costs. You know, it would be easy to rack up to £300,000, very easily indeed. And they got half a million pounds, £500,000, because they just kept... I don't think people think about it. They just think it's a principle. And so they, they, they go with it. But uh, half a million quid, they say they're going to take the case to the Court of Appeal. So, uh, fingers crossed for them. But uh, at the moment, half a million. But as I say, you could easily rack it up to three, 325,000, 350, anything like that. Not too difficult at all. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. 26 minutes to 7. It's Wednesday, the 22nd of March. So they're going to do this reciprocal agreement. Uh, We're going to ban people with laptops on the planes. The Americans are banning people with laptops. They think it'll foil a bomb plot, and yet you can take a mobile phone on. I don't quite understand what the difference is. As I say, listening to uh, Clive Bull and the expert he had on there, uh, he couldn't understand at all. And he was in America, I think, actually. So what you can take into an America, in, into, uh, into the cabin, you could take a smartphone, an e-reader, a tablet. Oh, so no, you can only take the smartphone. Sorry, I was missing the crosses. You can't take an e-reader, you can't take a tablet, and you can't take a laptop. And only smartphones... Uh, less than 16.3 centimetres by nine will be exempt. I've got no idea how that works. No idea at all. Uh, And so that, they think, is going to crack down, and the Prime Minister's crack down on the laptops as well, because they think that's what it... And so the six countries 
hit by the restrictions. Turkey, Tunisia, Lebanon, Egypt, Jordan, Saudi Arabia. OK, those are the places affected. And the airlines affected by the bans are as follows. British Airways, EasyJet, Jet2.com, Monarch, Thomas Cook, Thompson, Turkish Airlines, Atlas Global, Pegasus, Mia, Egypt Air, Tunis Air and Saudi. All of those uh, places are going to be affected. I thought all somebody will do is just get a different airline. I mean, you know, if I was thinking about I wanted to commit uh, an atrocity, I would just think go and get another airline that, that uh, isn't there and go to somewhere else. I don't quite understand, as, and I think I got that from this bloke who was talking to Clive Ball the other day, who seemed to be uh, an expert on these sort of things. But um, Waitrose axing their free coffee is in all the papers today. From April the 3rd, you'll need to have bought something to get a free drink. Uh, Waitrose have said it's a refinement to the offer. I don't know, because I've never had a free cup of coffee in Waitrose. I get them, I get them free occasionally if I bought enough coffee uh, on my... Um, app on the telephone and they go oh today it's a free coffee and you go oh, that's quite nice i was looking at that as a bit of a bonus I'm, I'm sort of up for a free a free coffee or free sort of gift something like that uh, there's also oh ed balls again i'm so bored with ed balls i mean really the joke's been taken a bit too far we thought it had gone far enough with Anne widdicombe but no he's taken it to a different a different level uh plus uh, the double rapist this is martin ponting who had a sex change just to get attention the mother of his first child said last night, Dad of three, Ponting, <coughs> now called Jessica, was jailed for life after attacking two young girls and becoming a woman behind bars. So they've moved him to a women's prison. I mean, is this not kind of... I don't want to sort of point out the patently obvious, but isn't this a bit bizarre? So somebody who has been sentenced to life... This is not, this is not any sort of minor misdemeanour. He's been sentenced to life for attacking two young girls... He has a sex change. He's already got children with another woman. He has a sex change and gets transferred to a women's prison. Thus, I would have thought, putting all the women in that prison at some grave danger. I mean, it's ridiculous. But uh, the victim's feelings, <coughs> excuse me, should be taken into account. But they never seem to be, do they? They just go, oh, that's what he wants. He needs a sex change because he was being picked on. He's in prison for life. In a women's prison. In a women's prison. A little bit worrying, I would have thought. Uh, the hero Royal uh, Marine, who sold his military cross just uh, 9,000 the other day after suing the MOD for 100,000. This is uh, Matthew Bisham. He developed, uh, excuse me, PTSD after killing a Taliban fighter and seeing a pal die during a batter, uh, battle. But the uh, dad of two was not diagnosed until he went missing for three days in 2015. He sued them and uh, it went in. This, uh, this medal, I never understand why people get given medals only to go and sell them again. Why don't they just give them a replica medal? Because that's all people do nowadays, isn't it? If you've got a VC, uh, they're worth money. People, people sell them because you can get a serious amount of money. And some people say, better to get the money than have a medal sitting in a drawer doing absolutely nothing. I can understand both sides. I can understand both sides. I think Violet Zarbo's daughter sold her mother's medal. Uh, that's the lady just down the road from me here in Trafalgar Square who gets a medal, uh, gets, a, gets a statue right outside of uh, Pret-a-Manger. So if you don't know who she is, Google her, then you'll know. But her, her medal was sold by the daughter because it's just sitting in a drawer and she thought people would like to see it. And so she sold it and it's going to appear in the Imperial War Museum 
which is where there's a whole room full of people's VCs, people who've sold them, and uh, Lord Ashcroft, I think it is, uh, who's bought them, which is amazing. So front pages of the uh, the papers today, this is what they're, they're offering. The laptop jet bomb plot uh, is front page of The Sun. It's the front page of a lot of papers for today. Also, the toxic secrets of the Mel B split. Uh, why she split, uh, why it's gone on this long. I think she's protecting her income and she's protecting her money. Whether or not when they get divorced, she'll have to pay him. I've got no idea. Apparently, she's supposed to have between 38 and 42 million, which actually means she's jumped up considerably. I don't know where she's got that amount from, because uh, when they walked away from the Spice Girls, I thought the figure quoted was about 17 million. And so what you need to do is you need to hang on to the 17 million and then get another job. So they've all got day jobs and they do uh, all sorts of things. Although, oddly enough, Victoria Beckham had to borrow money off Dave. Whereas, in fact, I thought she'd have had money left over from the Spice Girls. <coughs> Excuse me. Could be wrong. Could be wrong. But uh, it's like, you know, the people who sort of say, oh, Jordan's worth 40 million. I don't see any evidence of this whatsoever. I really don't. As I say, I'd love to see the proof of, you know, company's house showing exactly how much money there is there. Because they keep, I think it's just shoddy journalism. They just keep putting it down there and it just becomes sort of part of history. Uh, as McGuinness dies, according to the front page of The Sun, soldiers ordeal, unforgiven. Families say the IRA killer can go to hell. Furious 74 veteran faces IRA death rap. And uh, that runs inside all the papers today. Uh, most people saying he can go to hell. They couldn't care less what happens to him. Well, he's dead, so obviously they're sort of fairly pleased about that. That was the that was the response we were kind of getting yesterday from people. People weren't remotely bothered about the fact that, you know, he'd had two lives, effectively. You know, the IRA butcher, who then laid down his weapons and then became the person to help broker the Good Friday Agreement and the... Uh, and the peace in Northern Ireland. That's what we've got at the moment. I'm sure there are still people over there who wish that it wasn't in those days. And uh, we've gone back to the early days. But that's what that's what he did. You know, he got older and people change as they get older. Beautiful cakes is the free, inspiring, easy to bake cakes for Mother's Day. Because you've got Mother's Day coming up very shortly. In fact, I think it might be this weekend. I think it's Sunday, isn't it? Is it Sunday? Mothering Sunday. And so people will go out and they'll buy flowers and they'll buy a card. It'll be very expensive. And you'll buy chocolates. That's what your mother wants, isn't it? Sitting up in bed first thing in the morning and you get a bunch of daffodils looking a bit sad and sorry. And, um, and a little box of chocolates. I mean, who eats chocolates for breakfast? Hello, welcome to my world. Front of the, uh, the Daily Mail this morning, <clears throat> they've got the pictures from Guildford. People covered in blood and uh, Enniskill in 1987. And then the headline, Martin McGuinness, 1950-2017. Actually, from the moment he, uh, he stepped down, he, he deteriorated very, very quickly. Uh, they've got uh, those people carrying his coffin the other day. And um, that'll make all the papers. Uh, front page of The Guardian this morning, the covert Met Police unit accused of using hackers to spy on protesters. Plus the UK banks which are facing an inquiry over a Russian scam. This is money laundering. They reckon about £20 billion, £20 billion pounds of money laundering uh, from Russian criminals. They say that uh, Britain's banks process vast amounts of tainted money from Russian criminals without even noticing. Blimey, I tell you, that they seem to clamp down on all the rest of us, but if it's, if it's money laundering from Russia, it's obviously easy to do. What they do is they put it into banks over here, and then they buy property. And, what, and you, so you've turned, effectively, dirty money 
into clean money. It's the illegal minicab drivers in London who've got dirty money and then they buy businesses. So they're effectively trying to turn it into clean money. So they put their dirty money in there. They don't pay taxes. They just go out touting in London. And before you say it's not possible, believe you me, it is possible to tout in London. Very easy. Under the noses of the police. The police don't have enough manpower to deal with the problem. Other towns and cities around the country seem to be far better with it. They seem to better control it. We can't do it. I don't know why. I've been out with the police. I've watched it. It's a huge problem in London. Please just think, I think. Uh, let's just get people off the streets. And once you've got somebody off the streets, then that's uh, that's fine. Financial Times. I've got uh, former hunger striker Raymond McCartney, Michelle O'Neill, uh, the Sinn Féin Northern Ireland leader, together with Jerry Adams, carrying Martin McGuinness's coffin. And uh, they say the death of the IRA leader turned peacemaker. Interesting. Uh, that's also the front page of the I this morning. Martin McGuinness, former IRA commander and architect of Good Friday Agreement, dies. The killer who turned to peace. Uh, victims' families condemn the Republican for terror campaign. With his death, the truth is buried. Political leaders paying tribute to his vital role in ending bloodshed. And you can read that in just about every single paper today. Every single paper. Uh, plus, the um, <clears throat> the I today have got... Um, the Meghan Markle profile, which I'll come around to in a moment, um, on, you know, she must have developed a thick skin after so much media attention because she was complaining the other day she's airbrushed. In all her photographs, she's airbrushed. Like, you know, many people are nowadays. If you're an actor or an actress, they airbrush you. Why? To make you look good. Heavens above, you don't think the LBC photos that we've got online are sort of done without airbrushing? I mean, some, some of us require a little bit more airbrushing than other people, but it makes you look better. And you go, well, look at that. That's me without any uh, imperfections. It's lovely. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. 12 minutes to uh, 7. Good news. Woody Harrelson has given up marijuana. There you go. I never even knew he took marijuana. Much I didn't know Patrick Stewart took marijuana either. But uh, Woody Harrelson has given it up after decades of partying too hard. He said he's not smoked the drug in nearly a year. Oh, well, there is a blessing. Mind you, over in Iran, it's all gone a bit pear-shaped, I'm afraid. Iran's supreme leader has claimed gender equality. Gender equality, this is men and women equal, is apparently a Zionist plot. Yeah, probably is in your book, I should imagine. Aiming to corrupt society. The Ayatollah Ali Khomeini told religious speakers that Iranians should resist feminist ideas, making... Women, a commodity in the Western world, is most likely among Zionist plots aiming to destroy the society. Well, we don't want backward people like you running it, do we? Let's face it. Goodness sake, honestly. The idea of poor women trying to be equal in Iran. Lord above. Small wonder they want to get out of the country as quick as possible. Um, McGuinness, in all the papers today, including the I, who say he was the one who could bring the IRA with him. He became uh, very friendly, of course, with... Ian Paisley, I think they were known as the Chuckle Brothers. Such was their odd relationship. Uh, Daily Express today. Uh, the Queen sending condolences. But Norman Tebbit says the world is a sweeter place without him. I don't think there was ever any love because I think Norman Tebbit was one of those affected. His wife was uh, involved in the Brighton bombing, which was as a direct result of the IRA. Petula Clark has a secret feud with a rival singer. I find that very difficult to believe. Very difficult to believe. And who is the uh, who is the singer that she had a bit of a rivalry going on with? Uh, she treated her as a as a threat. 
Jackie Trent, because Jackie Trent and Tony Hatch wrote uh, many of Petula's greatest hits, including My Love, I Couldn't Live Without Your Love and Don't Sleep in the Subway. But according to Jackie's autobiography, uh, that'd be somebody worth getting in. I mean, she has been around. She's, um, uh, she says here, uh, which is being published to mark the... Se- oh, she's died. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Jackie Trent and her husband. I thought he died, actually, but never mind. And uh, it was far from harmonious. Jackie claimed she initially had to hide from Petula that she was writing the lyrics for the songs. Interesting, isn't it? Petula Clark, I think, is about in her 80s. In her 80s now. And I went to, I went to a party some, some years ago, many, many years ago, with, uh, with Jackie Trent and Tony Hatch there because they were on the television all the time. All the time. Uh, tougher checks for EU migrants, say the Express today, and the breakthrough on Alzheimer's. The new test gives the early warning about the disease. We're always waiting with these things, aren't we? Uh, Tebbit hopes McGuinness is parked in a hot corner of hell. Uh, his wife, Margaret, is uh, in a wheelchair and has been since the accident. Then the Queen goes over during the Belfast visit. I think that was in about 2012. And she meets Martin McGuinness and he cracks a joke and... Uh, and uh, it's all there. George's IVF cash leads to baby joy. I think there's going to be... I'm pretty certain there's going to be a... There must be George Michael's funeral soon. They've already told us... What, well, we know where it's going to be. I mean, what are we waiting on? The coroner's released the body. So what are we waiting for? Are they sort of deciding on, you know, <clears throat> who to invite and who, who not to invite? It's all very worry, isn't it? Uh, Davina's Frightly Show, you know, this nightly show thing, which hasn't been doing well. Apparently, hilariously, they've said that Dermot O'Dreary has been the best host so far. Oh, well, there you go. I'm sure everybody's got their opinion on it. I think you've got Gordon Ramsay next week. I think, excuse me. I think Gordon Ramsay is going to be hosting. That'll be an interesting one, won't it? Do you think he'll manage to do it without swearing? Because I've seen him swearing on Gordon Ramsay's Kitchen Nightmares, which actually is one of my favourite programmes. I like lots of programmes like that because it's uh, restaurants that call him in because they're basically dying on their proverbial. And he tells them how to sort of turn it round again. And oh, some of them are horrible people, but uh, he knows best. And that's why he knows best. Uh, sliding away at uh, slicing away at tradition, the Daily Telegraph today. This is MPs voting to abandon laws printed on vellum. Uh, Princess Anne says, I'd be happy to grow GM crops on my estate. Uh, again, hardest working member of the royal family is Anne, way ahead of everybody else, way ahead. Uh, the boat race in deep water over flotilla fire risk. The university boat race is at risk of being sunk because of safety problems with the wooden boats that follow the crews up the Thames. The Port of London Authority says the vessels are at risk of being set on fire by their own petrol engines and can't be used without an expensive fix. Well, they've managed it every year up until now. <clears throat> now, all of a sudden, they've started faffing around. Also, uh, Secrets of the Queen's, I think it's pronounced corsetier. Corsetier. Uh, that's the undergarments. We knew that uh, Queen Victoria had quite a number of undergarments. <laughs> and James Blunt, being interviewed in The Telegraph, says today, I've never cared about whether I'm cool or not. Who cares? We like him. We like James Blunt. I love his tweets and Twitters. They're fantastic. Uh, finally, excuse me, the Times this morning, uh, the essential ISA guide, how to invest now before the deadline, uh, the flight ban on the laptops after the new bomb fears, and the coffin of Martin McGuinness, uh, who died yesterday, being carried through Bogside. The food giants, what was the food giants story? This one is rejecting the lower sugar targets. Apparently a representative of Mars, Cadbury's, Kellogg's and Nestle, used to be Nestle's, now it's Nestle, 
uh, told the Times they would reduce content in food and drink, but not to the government's timescale. They'll do it uh, the way they want to do it. Because it's never going to change, is it? If somebody wants sugar, they're going to get hold of sugar. But unfortunately, it seems to be in just about everything. There's nothing that uh, that you can have that doesn't contain sugar. So they're going to do a whole list of all the biscuits and everything else and the cakes and the cereals and the spreads and the yoghurt and the ice cream. It's all the thing You never think about it, do you? I, I used to think yoghurt healthy. I seriously did. I, I really used to believe that yoghurt was a terribly healthy thing. Apparently not. Apparently not. What, drive cu- what drives couples apart? This is the interesting story in the, uh, the Times today. It's money, which, of course, is highlighted by Scary Spice. Was she Scary Spice? I think so. And, uh, and her husband, they've been driven apart. I'm led to believe by money. I, I mean, I could be totally wrong, but I have a sneaking feeling that uh, that's it. Uh, the royal rivalry is Anne and Charles. She lives in Gatcombe Park, which looks a, a nice little pile. She's at odds with the Prince of Wales. There's a, I love the idea of fighting between uh, brother and sister, and that's quite funny, actually. But uh, the princess got up the noses of horse lovers when she suggested people should think about eating horse meat. She told the World Horse Welfare Charity that owners might take better care of horses if they thought they could sell them for meat. Uh, at Christmas in Sandringham in 2000, she took a floral basket from a pensioner and declared, what a ridiculous thing to do. She's always been like that, hasn't she, Princess Anne? She's always been a bit sort of, you know, I'm Princess Anne. She's terribly sort of snooty and everything else, but she's certainly the hardest working, so you can't knock that. She also says uh, badgers should be gassed instead of shot to control bovine TB. And Florence... Her English bull terrier attacked the Queen's corgi, Ferros, which had to be put down. Anne was fined £500 after another bull terrier, Dottie, attacked two boys aged 7 and 12. She quite clearly thinks she's something very special. But uh, I quite like her. She's a bit bit feisty. You know, she sort of, she gets out there. She does all her her things that she needs to do. And I think the public quite like her, as long as she doesn't sort of, you know, enter. I've seen her being interviewed as well. I think she was interviewed on Blue Peter some years ago. Very good she was too. Very, very good. Uh, Steve. Uh, you see, this is, this is the sort of thing that you get. Somebody says, the people who think McGuinness was a man of peace probably thought Jimmy Savile was a children's entertainer. Well, the trouble is he was at the end. He had, as I said before, he had two lives. He had two lives. It's, you know, he had the early life where he was fighting for a cause he believed in. And people did take people's lives. That's, you know, that's what happened. You know, it was a war situation. I'm not saying it was good, but uh, then he changed. And then he became the man of peace. Did you mean chaining up criminals to the Thames Bank at low tide? Well, they wouldn't do it again, would they? Well, that's what we used to do. That was the entertainment in London. Execution dock uh, was chaining up people. People used to drink in the pub. I think uh, opposite, and wait for the tide to come in. Charming people we were, weren't we? And I think they used to hang smugglers. Different now, of course. We just send them to prison, or as I prefer to call it, holiday camp for a little while. Anyway, just about it for this morning. I think we sorted out everything, actually. We didn't dwell on the cleaning spray you can use to the end, because sometimes there's always a little bit left, isn't there? And this has got... It's just a pipe that goes inside, so... I mean, it seems a bit dreary, but there you go. You'll probably end up paying for it. Um... The uh, two people who um, died in their Ford Fiesta, he modified it. We've now discovered at the end of the inquest that it was just an accident because he shouldn't have really taken it apart, but, uh, but they died. Please don't alter cars, please, especially nothing in the engine. Colin Dexter, the creator of Morse, has died at the age of 86. Mary Berry, never her hearing of uh, Noel Fielding, 
And also, we discovered now pies do not have to have a bottom or a top. Um, but uh, some people, well, one person, uh, thinks that they do, which they don't. Robbie Williams blasted for tweeting a picture of a bus crash to promote his tour. I mean, do you think it'll? Just, I mean, do you think he's running out of money or something? He's got to run that huge Michael Winner house, which is uh, enormous, which I've been to, actually. It is a very, very big house. And um, Freddie Flintoff calling for footballers to take pay cuts, as if. Have a great day. Back with you tomorrow. You can listen to LBC. If you download the free LBC app for your mobile or tablet, never miss a moment. Leading Britain's conversation at 10, it is James O'Brien. But before that, with breakfast, it's Nick Ferrari. If you enjoyed this podcast, listen to Steve Allen live from 4am Monday to Friday and Saturday and Sunday from 5am.